0: Come
1: We
2: are here. I'm Dr. Michael. We are, we are here. Legion. We are, we are many. Are we are many. We are
1: Bob. You,
2: Mr. Colin, you got Mr. Tony Morales. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, we basically talked for an hour before we started recording because we're, we're, <laughs> hopefully, we're, we're hopefully we're all in the jazz tonight. Hopefully we're on the jazz tonight. I have. We are
3: watched. the Legion of Super Jazz.
2: Super Jazz. It, we're gonna have to bottle this. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: it. I need to. I, I need it. I need to take it as a salsa powder. I need it as a uh, as a um, a sorghum
2: or on my pancakes <laughs> or a Epsom salt after getting back from show day when my feet are like destroyed. Yeah. either which it's gonna feel good. Uh, we all have seen the Spider Man
1: trailer. Oh yeah, Spider Man trailer totally.
2: Okay, so the first thing that pops in my mouth, in my head, not my mouth. Oh, god damn. That's right.
1: <laughs> when it comes to Spider-Man.
2: Wrong recording, guys. That one's at the, uh, that one's at the highway rest stop on 64 uh, later on tomorrow. Uh, um,
3: hey, if it'll get you a couple hundred miles down the road.
2: <laughs> yeah. I always think about something about Mary, like, hey, wait your turn. <laughs> oh, never seen it. Anyway.
3: I was going more for Jay and Bob Strike Back, but whatever.
2: It was like, like uh, don't they get pissed off? Sure, they get pissed off if you don't make with the head.
3: Aw. <laughs> no, it wasn't even, it was, yeah, it wasn't even, oh, jeez. What part jeez. of Jay
2: and Silent Bob were you referencing?
3: No, it wasn't even Jay and Silent Bob, it was freaking Dogma. Dog- oh, yeah, it was Dogma. Uh, it, was, it was Dogma, that freaking, was Dogma. not Jay and Bob Strike Back. I got <laughs> screwed up my own reference screwed up my own dated reference
2: well I was referencing Jane Silent Bob when they like you're talking about a whole other thing I gotcha
3: I'm talking about George Carlin
2: that was Jane Silent Bob that was them trying to get from New Jersey to all the way to to Hollywood that was their first that was their first stop and then they got picked up by Carrie Fisher no more Harry Bush nuns and they kicked out
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Dogma, they... Dogma, I woke up about 10 minutes ago, so...
2: Dogma, they got on the road when they were hanging outside the abortion uh, clinic uh, trying to pick up loose chicks.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, either way, it's, it's George Carlin. it's all that matters. That's
1: it's all that matters.
3: Viva La Carlin.
1: Viva La Carlin. Yes. George Carlin is a is a definite king.
2: I wish he was inspired. Anyway, I'm he should be inspired. Oh, he, should, he should have been yes, Uncle Ben. Let's transition. He should have. He should have been Uncle Ben. That's the first terrible transition of the night.
1: <laughs> that would be a wild. Oh yeah, that would George be interesting. Uncle Ben would be amazing. Uh, that would have
2: been really cool.
1: Interesting Uncle Ben.
2: There would have been a bunch of people high on acid, laughing their asses off in the theater, like seeing George Carlin talk about great responsibility, and then dead. <laughs> Anyway,
3: so... Yeah. I can could, I could almost see it, though. <laughs> I can
2: totally see it.
3: <laughs> so. It would have been the Spider-Man... Uh, it would have been like Spider-Man in the 90s, though, and somehow Nicolas Cage would have played Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, please, stop. <laughs> uh, don't get into Nicolas Cage, man. We're trying to... We're an, trying to focus an, an, another Mindfields podcast off to an amazing start. Um, George Carlin, there his Uncle go. Ben, Spider-Man, played by Nicolas Cage. Uh.
2: Bill Hicks Peter with great responsibility with great power comes great responsibility also do a shitload of acid and uh, life is just a ride mm.
3: uh, it would have been uh, the freaking see the mom from Married With Children would have been Aunt May but who, who would play freaking Mary Jane ooh what year are we talking? Like, Wait, we're talking like ninety five. Ninety five. Who? What's
2: hot? Redhead? Like
1: ninety. Like seriously, if you're going to do something ridiculous like that, then, uh, you know how like you, you had Todd McFarlane drawing her all through that time period. It would have been Nikki Cox. I mean, it just would have been some ridiculously bodacious actress in that age range
2: todd was done in 92 but it absolutely would have been nikki cox she was the queen of
1: redheads on this on the on the wb that's kind of it yeah would have been a change i can't believe she i mean it's surprising i don't know if she's still married to him but she married bobcat gold i don't think so because i was watching a bunch of bobcat stuff recently you mentioned being single yeah i think i don't think they're together any longer but yeah they were married Anyway, the trailer. The trailer for crying out loud. The trailer. So there is
2: a Brazilian cut I found out today by a potential new member of Minefields that's going to be doing some anime and manga stuff with us. uh, That the Brazilian cut has a one or two or three second extra bit where you see Parker punching someone that's not there. Or, uh, uh, like, there's... I can't remember exactly what what he's... Someone's not there, but someone's missing. Um... Obviously, we're going to have Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire in this movie because there's th- th- throughout the the yeah. narrative yeah. Of, of the trailer, they're mentioning how you know they all fight you and die. But there's no way that any of these people would be in the least bit engaged with this little pipsqueak compared. Like honestly, Tom Holland is a pipsqueak compared to, in my opinion, to Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Like there's no yeah, way there's no way Norman Osborn would be trying to kill a kid that just happens to be in Spidey trunks. That isn't like you know, has the face of Toby or uh, mm-hmm. Electro trying to go after uh, someone other than Andrew Garfield. Um, the there's a second Gobby I saw, and we're thinking he it, it, it comes in with goggles, um, thinking it's the the kid that played on. Uh, um, Harry oh right! That the one Harry Harry. In,
3: in, in the Gunfield in, series, Spider-Man Two.
2: Yeah. At first, oh, I was dude. thinking. At first,
3: I yes. was thinking
2: that it was like, oh, maybe it's James Franco, and then uh, Cody was that like, "That would be
1: killer!" But we, I think we would have heard about he's these he's canceled. Like like, uh, Franco canceled. Is There's, James Franco actually canceled? Yeah, he's completely canceled. Even uh,
2: Seth Rogen uh, disregarded him in public. In in the public.
1: Wow. All right. Yeah. 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 I. You know.
2: So, if anything, it would, might be him.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, they had the second, in The Amazing Spider Man, it was played by a different guy anyway. Yeah, so it was, might be the.
1: Dane something. Um, but that's what we were talking uh, about. Yeah, that guy is great. I love seeing him and everything. Do you ever see him as the creepy villain character in that? Uh, I don't even remember the name of the movie. Somebody tell me. Uh, Minefielders. I know this has got to drive you nuts if you're listening to this when you're, when you're like, oh, how do they not know who that is? But it was a, what uh, there's that movie where he got like telekinetic powers and he got popular for a second and then he screwed up at a party and everybody made fun of him and he like destroyed the town. So like dude Carrie? Brightburn? Sorry, what? Tony Brightburn? No, no, no. I don't know what they want. To, yeah, we got to look him up. He, he he's awesome. He's an awesome performer. He's great in everything. He's
3: creepy as hell. Oh, by the way, going and back they, to the oh, that like the movie we were doing mind. with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Bobcat gold the way it is craving
1: <laughs> possible <laughs> only if they injected him with actual animal serums. Bobcat, Bobcat. serum. I
2: really, uh, I really but, like Bobcat Goldthwait He's like oh, yeah. Oh, he was amazing. He did um. God, what was that movie with?
1: Citizens um, so on patrol, yeah. Police Academy four.
2: No, that one was, it's, uh, I, I own this goddamn movie. I'm trying to look up Spider-Man number two, all right? So before we forget, the the kid Amazing is Spider-Man Dane, Dane DeHaan.
1: And, Dane DeHaan, yeah. The place, place in, among the pines. Yes. And oh, then, my God. He was good in that, too. And then who else am I looking up just here? He's got that perfect, like, glower. Uh, I don't know who else you're looking for. Geez, dude, what if, uh, oh, God, what if Emma Stone is in this movie? Don't do that Dude, she, she was great. Dude. Don't
0: do Dude, that she,
1: was she was amazing as, as Gwen Stacy. Yeah, they, they were perfect together because they actually were in a relationship uh, and they were, they were best friends, and you could just tell how much fun they had working together. Like in every interview in Press Junket, they were and they just sizzled on screen. I know a lot of online hate. Came out uh, all these all these people that just didn't like the uh, amazing Spidey franchise. Anyways, screw them—they were were wrong. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Spider-Man so far. Like I loved Tobey Maguire. I loved Kirsten Dunst. But I I love the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Funny Uh, enough, my wife
3: hates Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, and you know why you, You want you know you know why? Why she hates Kirsten Dunst? Why? She has tiny teeth. She just got her teeth fixed. She has tiny teeth in the Spider-Man movies. And that's like the one thing she She constantly points out. I hate her tiny teeth.
1: My girlfriend bears a better than passing resemblance, depending on whatever look she's carrying, to Kirsten Dunst. And she knows it, and she loves that fact about her. And she just worked recently with Kirsten Dunst's husband, Jesse Plemons, on two different projects and i keep being like one of these days you're going to get to meet your little idol there you know kirsten dunst i hope that, nice. i hope it happens i hope that, yeah anyway whatever get that, that but, real okay. picture of them together that would be crazy to, like the the duality would be pretty obvious there that would be fun.
3: Uh, okay so the trailer That's I like think yeah, i met the picture the of me with bobby lashley where we look so much alike
1: I think so. I know. I know. I've seen we got the, we your, got the same haircut.
3: I've seen. I've seen your pet. We used suit. to work. We actually used, used to work out at the same gym. Fun fact. Uh,
1: I watched a. Uh, funny enough,
3: movie it's here. now Crunch.
1: But the trailer, like, I don't know, guys. I, we've seen what three trailers from this movie so far. Yeah, and yeah, more than that.
2: There's I'm, I'm, a couple little like I'm, you got to be careful what you're looking for because there's a bunch of fan made bullshit where they intercut exactly. Shit. Cody immediately said like he popped and he's like they fixed Electro and I'm looking at Electro and he's got the you know the the full on star thing like you know old school shit getting a Is light, it
1: is it lightning coming off light, of
2: it? Lightning coming off. I'm he, down. He, I, I not, buy that. He's not I'm blue. Not he's not like he's a physical person with you know things that helping him obviously control it. Uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Hayden Church, uh, as Sandman. He's uh, back for real. Yes, he's back for real. In fact, the, okay, the, awesome. the funny thing was was two days beforehand because I keep checking. Uh, the IMDb listed all of them except Willem Dafoe until six thirty yesterday. Um,
1: well, that's a not a, a. It's that's a fan site. The IMDb is a fan it's, site. It's it, it it it's
2: it's it's Dafoe. It's his voice. It's his voice. Narrative. It is Dafoe. It's Dafoe. Yeah. Um There my point is that there's no way that there any of these people from any of the uh multiverses of Spider-Man are going to give a goddamn about Tom Holland. Like they want their hands on the on the real guys. Yeah, and, they
1: want the guys they want to get.
2: Yeah. yeah. They, and I I'm I'm confused. Like how do you guys feel about this cuz like it's so funny to me that this is the first movie where like any leak and we've seen a ton. We've literally seen Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield suited up looking older in uh you know in front of green screens it's going to happen but why would they keep this a secret for so long like the second the movie comes out like like all you're going to see anywhere it confirmed it's happened um
3: oh, you're going to see you're going to see it in the legos like a month beforehand dude
2: i've been looking like crazy the you're, Lego you're, sets around right. you're 100% you're 100% right
1: this is the
3: month before
1: like yeah. it comes out in December, right? December seventeenth. December. Yeah, today's a exactly yeah. This a month is the away. month before, literally a month away. Uh, I think I saw one or two. I totally saw a couple of sets because I was excited Not- about the Doctor Strange Sanctum Sanctorium, like the Spidey workshop in the Sanctum Sanctorium or Sanctum Sanctorum. I don't know how to say it honestly. No, it's have- got a it's got a Ned in it. I like the Ned figure and uh like as if i don't already have a set that's got him yeah gadkey the guy that should be gadkey i don't know why he's
2: yeah that stupid Uh, fucking kid that dropped the death star fuck that kid
1: you know why that's that scene (laughs) doesn't work anyway? because if i dropped my death star it would fall apart in like he is eight pieces you're you're right it's not it doesn't break apart like if you drop a puzzle from the f- third floor of an apartment building. Listen, you know it's just—I I don't they care. not go everywhere like that. I
2: don't care who you are. He's a great guy. You're right, Tony. hundred percent. Right. He's, he's, he's a great. He's, he's great. He's great in it. But yeah. I don't care what surprise awesome. you have. If you're having a giant three hundred and eighty dollar fucking Lego set in your hand, you're not gonna ooh, drop it or like you're spitting out champagne. Uh, no,
1: that was <laughs> a, spit takes. That was a spit that was takes a, a horrifying moment for me. Like you stupid asshole. <laughs> Hey, dude, they get to build it together. That's the whole point. They, he didn't get to build it with with uh, well, then with they, Ned. Then they they have to build it together now.
2: Then they should have made me feel better and had a three-second
1: thing where they were like rebuilding. I know. At the denouement part of
2: the in, movie. All fair,
3: in all fairness, it's actually Peter's fault because he's Spider-Man, and he still couldn't catch it. Oh, great, <laughs> Good great point. catch Great point. point. Not great point. only, not only yeah. did, did you find out your best friend's a superhero – but his lazy ass couldn't have caught your Death Star.
2: Yeah, his his yeah. as a total nerd, your Spidey sense would have been going off that a Lego a three hundred and eighty Lego set was about to fall down. Yeah, he could have webbed that. So shit So anyway, up. anyway, I'm the well, trailer you, for Christ's sake. All right, let's finish it up. All right, uh, Tony, what do you think? Yeah.
3: Well, in all honesty, as far as the uh, the multiple Spider-Man things goes, we're either a going to get a trailer the week of that shows all three Spider-Men together for that extra hype of being like, oh, my God, it's actually going to happen. Because, like, I remember, or it's not at all. And the re- the funny thing about that whole three Spider-Man stuff that leaked earlier originally was, remember when they did that whole thing with freaking all the Avengers walking out and Deadpool was in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. And then that yeah. didn't happen. And Ryan Reynolds likes screwing with people. Like, we've been building this up in our own heads for the last two to three years, basically. And freaking, what if it doesn't happen?
1: This this is the only way. I mean, okay. I, I may be the odd man out. I don't know how America feels about these, about this, about Tom Holland, Spider-Man, about these Spider-Man movies. I've seen the second one one time. And I really liked that movie. That's the best one. Uh, I I don't know. No, it, I, I it has No, no it's with a who's disjointed you. mess. It's a total mess. It 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 does not flow in any kind of uh streamlined fashion. What
2: movie Peter were you hasn't watching? learned
1: Peter hasn't learned anything from the first movie to the next. Are you talking about a lecture or I'm talking—no, dude, i are talking, talking about right? Holland's Spider-Man.
0: Uh, no, we're talking uh, Mysterio.
1: Okay, you, you had me horrified thinking you were talking about fucking Doc Ock. No, no, no. Doc Ock is awesome. That is a fantastic movie, okay. except that the science behind it is asinine. Okay. Drown it in the river. It's a fucking hydrogen bomb. <laughs> it's going to suck in every molecule of water in that river and destroy the Earth. Yep. Like there's no that, – that, that, you're a man of science and you're telling this other person of science to to drown Give the sun fuel. in the river. Yeah, Give me a freaking break. Okay, I'm just stupid. glad
2: you weren't talking shit on the um, – no, 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 no. okay, okay, The so. Tom
1: Holland movies are cute. They're fun. I like Marissa Tomei. I like – uh, to a certain point, I thought having having a uh, happy Hogan in them was cute for a minute. And I'm like, can we get on with this now? Do we let's progress past that? Like, I don't, I, you know. And then the like the the Iron Man thing that at best should have been one thing, one time. And then after that, that needs to stop. Even though I can appreciate when it's in the Avengers movies showing their their relationship, but we need to get away from that now my my beef with it is that tom holland or tom not tom holland but you know mcu spidey has learned nothing from the first movie to the second movie everything that happens that goes wrong in those movies is his fault and then he has to fix it
3: like he did try to kill his classmate life works huh he did try to kill his classmate with a with the drone
1: he did. He tried to kill his classmate with the drones. He takes technology that he doesn't understand. And it just, it's just, it's always played for laughs. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I, uh, I, I don't want to be it. I just got complaints about it. That's all.
2: Well, that, you know, it makes complete, complete sense because you were so shell shocked from the uh, Clone Saga that it's been hard for you to enjoy Spidey at all for almost 20 oh, the
1: clone saga is not my problem. I have I have never like that's that's not not where it is. My beef with Spider-Man as a franchise starts with uh Joe Quesada deciding it needs to be his way when if you've got two concurrent universes running simultaneously, the prime universe and the ultimate universe, and you're not and it's not enough for you that Peter Parker is a teenager in high school just learning the ropes in the Marvel or in the ultimate universe. And you have to go back and wreck the Mary Jane, Peter Parker marriage, uh, with the one more day plot, a storyline after already effing things up with Spider-Man, the other, like not even what two years before that, uh, We've already done that. That's, that's where I divert from being interested in Spider Man. I haven't been really interested in Spider Man ever since that. Like, I can't. Like, I gotta say, it's me doing exactly the same thing Joe is doing. I want Spider Man to be the way it was when I grew up. That's what he did. And it wasn't good enough that the Ultimate Universe was where that was happening. So he's like, I gotta make this the Prime Universe. And then me, I'm sitting here going, I want Spider-Man to be the way it was when I grew up. If they have a divorce, that sucks. They did that. They tried that in business around the year 2000. makes perfect sense if they would have had a divorce. Well, it makes part, you know. I'm glad you got all these. i got so much to say, but carry on.
2: I'm glad you brought
1: up divorce. (laughs) I'm glad you brought up divorce.
2: Because it Mm -hmm. really boils down to a really, like, intense question. Would you cheat on your girlfriend or wife with Marissa Tomei? Yes. No.
1: No, no, no. No, no. My wife's here so no. <laughs> Blink uh, twice. <laughs> 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 we are on no. camera. All right. No.
3: no I wouldn't, my I wouldn't my my that. whole issue with Spider-Man currently is I've always felt like Spider-Man is a street-level superhero. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And Tony has like, the gonna, if they're going to have one or two of them, cool. Like, I, I love Miles and Morales. I think Miles is great. Like, I read Miles Morales to my kid. Oh, if they don't
1: freaking launch Miles Morales in the MCU as they should have from the beginning. He needs to, be a, he needs to be a
2: post-trailer thing where he shows up after missing the party
1: um yeah, yeah. oh I mean, gosh no, a, just, no that, that would him be and make him an alternate spidey can we get
3: that would be interesting though if like we're seeing all this setup with oh my god you know mcguire's coming back garfield's coming back and we don't do that but we slide in miles yeah. slide in Miles would be they, amazing that'd be, yeah. that'd, be uh, that'd be a, a pretty interesting joke on
1: I, d- I just i please i i you know even if they have spider ham which i think is a big stupid dummy oh, thing anyways uh, you know, yeah, no. if if there I don't need the end of Avengers Endgame of Spider Man's showing up, but it would be awesome to have you know, for crying out loud, who's gonna play him? That's what that would be the exciting thing. Donald Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, Cl- yeah, Donald Donald um, Glover. No, he's
3: too old for that. It doesn't matter. He's, he's Nicholas Cage would be Spider ham yeah. <laughs> Or it was, was it John Mulaney from freaking yeah, was In, into the Spider Verse? Yeah, it was John Mulaney. It was John right then there. Boom. There you go. John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Oh, he's I,
1: it didn't uh I he's in trouble too. His wife just split up with him because he uh has a he has a uh, substance abuse issue. Yeah.
0: Uh, you
2: know, get so over it. Not go, that, he that he
1: stops it. anybody from working in Hollywood. It's uh whether or not you're yeah, whatever. But um yeah, dude, for real, though, you're talking yeah, when you're talking with like Tony, when you're talking about uh uh Shit! How do we get to that? How do we get? I'm sorry. Go back to what you're talking about,
3: please. My my whole thing, like the reason I don't partake in Spider-Man, like I didn't even mind the Clone Saga back in the day, but like the the utter fact that like Spider-Man should be the street level hero, street level doing good with what he can do, Mm -hmm. but then you turn around and there are. Infinite Spider-Man, infinite universes, and there's a spider totem, and there's a guy going out here eating the other Spider-Man. I love that, and it's it's too much. Like you See, can't, okay. like you can you can It's it's, you. it's it's too far out of the realm of possibility. Like I can deal with a guy that got bit by a radioactive spider and has these abilities, and that's cool. that's amazing. It's it's spectacular. It's you know but you're superior. It's even. amazing. It's, a, it's spectacular. You, it's web it's you throw too much in, extra junk into it.
2: Yeah. It's, it, it, it's too
3: much. I, I, I turn off, it's been you know, I, I could deal with, I can, and I'm a guy that loves a good else world story. I yeah. love like, you know, we, you know, Batman speed, uh, Superman speeding bullets or just for an example, like I can deal with a story of this character and maybe going back to it a few years later and just kind of having a secondary adventure. But like when you've got 20 million concurrent Spider-Men, yeah. I tune the fuck out. I tune out. I tune out Dude, hard. That's
1: my problem with the, with the mutants too. There's too many freaking mutant characters, you know, well, and it's hold, like, well, hold on, hold on. Like, that's, that's a whole other deal. I, I don't mean to interrupt
2: you, but like Tony's got this great theory on this and okay. I, 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 I really think that like Someone needs to either steal his idea or just let us run wild with it is the fact that (laughs) Spidey needs to be confined. The way that Daredevil is confined to uh, Hell's Kitchen, the way that uh, Nightwing is confined to Blood. He's he's more
0: of a
1: friendly neighborhood superhero than Spidey is. Let's get a friendly
2: Like In uh, in a a different parallel, uh, the Fantastic Four are completely uh, confined to Yancey right now. They have been for the past year. Mm-hmm. Yancy street is all ff now they've they've got the uh the the doorway the the the, the everywhere door whatever the fuck they call it you know mm-hmm. let them go places and fix things you know they're they're you know ace in the hole but tony's tony's saying let's let's have him be the friendly fucking neighborhood spider-man let, let's not have some crazy let, like let's develop something a little bit more in depth and and tony please uh i'm, I'm telling your story keep
3: going Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, give me, give me Peter Parker, like, you know, Peter Parker, you know, he's got, he's an, he's an, like at the end of the day, he's an average dude. He's, you know, he's got problems with work. He's got problems with his girl. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got problems with his friends. Like he just wants to help out his friends. He wants to be able to pay his rent. He wants to be able to help out his aunt who took care of him. You know, that, that at the core is what Spider-Man is. You know, he's a guy out there trying to do the best with what he's got and like you can't do that when you're magically fighting galactus like spider-man's not not built for that nope you have others if that's your stuff if that's your stuff you call on somebody that can hand you call on a silver surfer you know you call the avengers you know if you're doing like a Secret war thing that was a great team Annihilators, galactus level guys to deal with yeah Dude, okay, so what I
1: appreciate, I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. That's what I want out of Spider-Man. Yes, a street-level guy who occasionally gets pulled into something that's beyond his wheelhouse. Like, you mm, go back to, like, Hulk, and he's helping move civilians evacuating the city. And I was like, that's a Spider-Man thing to do right there, just help people get out of the way. But you've got to really, but of course, you know, some of his... You've got a guy with an an impressively odd power set, and all of his villains have an impressively odd power set. So it's a little, it doesn't bother me to have a big freaking 24 issue story arc where there's a shield over Central Park and Craven robots are all over the place that Spidey's got to deal with. That kind of makes some sense to me. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's like, yeah, you know, when it's, uh, you know, what's Spider Man going to do during Inferno? Okay, that's a thing. That makes sense. There are things that encroach because it's, it's worldwide in scope or it takes over the whole city. That makes sense. But organically, one of the best things that ever happened, and I know that I'm contradicting myself, is when uh, right before Civil War, Iron Man comes to Peter Parker and says, we all know who you are. Don't worry about it. You need to stop wasting your life punching bad guys And you need to come and use that brain of yours to develop technology and to help figure things out in science. Like if Peter Parker got off the streets and just devoted himself to science for a while, I'd like to see what happened with that. Because uh... then he gets broken and they kind of do that. You know, you go back to Spider-Man through the ages, as we really, really appreciated that book, well, and had him working with Reed Richards, and that was totally boss.
2: It was like, boss, and it made, and it made I mean, sense, and it, it was valid. Right now, uh, the the side story that's been going on for about a year is that he's, you know, back in school, uh, working with Kurt mm. Connors, uh, and this kid developed a, a probability machine. Basically, it can, like, that's t- cool. tell you the future um uh-huh. and there was a brief like two or three issues where you know it was working he was basically trying to figure out how to tell the kid like we're working on dangerous territory here but at the same time um there was a lizard story going on um eventually they got back to it the kid and the, the kid that developed this technology that was basically predicting the future uh, under any um uh r- ridiculous uh circumstances you asked it it was like uh the kid ended up getting the the whole thing stolen from him by like that intergalactic uh space casino <laughs> cuz <'Cause> they <laughs> caught him they caught him stealing they caught him they caught him uh you know cheating the house um mm-hmm. so there was that little bit of that and to to answer you know you wanting some sort of science to that and it, it keeps getting interrupted. Uh, there's like so many different good stories that just don't take off. I don't know what they're going to do with it because that intergalactic space casino is now involved in the X Men and it, it with the Beyonder and it it, it really went off the rails. But I just wanna... mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well anyway, uh, Spider Man.
3: I, I I'm just saying. My two favorite Spider-Man stories of all time are probably Maxim- Maximum Carnage and Craven's Last Hunt, both of which are hunt. Spidey 50, 50, completely yeah, in over his head and having to fight back, but, like, you know, like, especially in Maximum Carnage, like, it's Spider-Man, like, trying to fight within himself, like, he's tired, and his wife is tired of him just, like, not being home, and, Everybody like,
1: he, he's ready married. to give up. And freaking, they don't even get a honeymoon out of it yeah, because of yeah, that. Yeah. They, yeah, they just and, and they Captain
3: just America crazy. has to like pull him out of the wreckage and be like, you know, we've got this. And like Spider Man is is down on his luck. He's downtrodden. He's beat down. He can't do it alone. And freaking then out, you know out comes Captain America, and it's like, oh hell, shit just got real. You know, Cap's here. You know, and Spider Man, you know, Spider Man is rejuvenated by that. You know, he's got that. You know, we got Black Cat that freaking got the crap kicked out of her, and she's not sure where she stands, like with Peter, with freaking, with this whole fight with Carnage. You know, and Venom's just like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to eat him. Or she's going to kill Carnage. Like, that's, that's
0: Spider Man yeah, in a that show. That
1: is a good series. Yeah. Right. If it that if that's that good and there's a there's a Nintendo cartridge built around it, you know? I've got yeah. the red right one. Yeah. I've only got yeah, I borrowed it and I haven't got to sit down and play it yet. Uh yeah, so nice. like I mean, as far as the trailer goes, there's a, any number of things that we can really, really be excited about. And you think about it like twenty years ago when the Spider-Man movies initially came out, two thousand two, if I'm not mistaken. We all you are you're looking at these and going, how much budget can you put behind this, that and the other? But we just saw Marvel can pretty much do anything if it's if especially being, you know, owned and backed by Disney. They have more money than anyone's ever going to know what to do with. And they make money off of every project. So you can have a ridiculous fan service movie with huge paychecks for multiple Actors and they they can just show up and have a cameo and it, they were there and that's worth it that's really worth it but please don't just waste our time with Miles Morales showing up at the end of the thing introduce him and let's I would take two different Spider-Man concurrent storylines and it, I don't feel like that would be a waste because we yeah, yeah. they have organically created Miles Morales he is absolutely. Worth it. He should be around. Uh, have him have him operating it simultaneously. That would be badass. If one of those Spider Mans is Ben Riley, that would be killer. Uh, it just whatever. I, I would like to I'd like the the world is your burrito. I just think that the this this movie should be bigger than it even looks like, and it's it doesn't even it doesn't look big enough from any of the trailers to me. I think one of the big deals is they're going to go back to Stark Tech. You can clearly see Dr. Octopus getting Stark Tech arms at one point,
0: and,
1: you know, you've got the Electro saying, you know, I'm never going back because I'm this badass now or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of hope that – I hope they show us villains that we never saw in any of the other movies pop up. That would just be badass. Well, we do but have whatever.
2: we do have a conundrum here because they were building to a Sinister Six uh, story in the third Amazing Spider-Man yeah. and that never happened. Now we have mm-hmm. five villains and we have, don't have a six. The only other one that they, we've been hinted at is Venom, seeing that Spider-Man's on TV. We've got uh, Electro, we've got Green Goblin, we've got uh, Doctor Octopus, we have uh, Sandman, and uh, what am I? Well, there's two more. For lizard.
1: The lizard is in it. The yeah, lizard,
2: lizard, and then so there's one more. The
1: lizard. So, the not the rhino, please. The rhino.
2: Yeah, that's exactly. What was it either the rhino?
3: Nah, Kraven the, the hunter. hunter. Or, or Craven we find is out Mysterio's alive Craven. still, and Mysterio's the sixth guy. He's Ties got, into his last movie.
1: Or this whole yeah, make me like, put up with yet another Jake Gyllenhaal anything. But uh, I only yeah. say that because I didn't like working with him.
2: Yeah, he's got little man syndrome, dude. <laughs> he's got little man syndrome
3: <laughs> gotcha but yeah no i mean i i you know they they got a freaking you know if for some reason it, the spell doesn't work and everyone still realizes he's peter parker and he's gonna freaking be set up for murder blah 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 they've got to find mysterio eventually to clear his mm. name
2: that's a great that's a great thing it's a great idea i i I really think they're gonna pull in Miles Morales and uh, Spider Gwen in this.
3: It would be interesting to see if they, pull, if they if they I don't I don't know for se, if they're gonna do Spider Gwen, but it would be int- it would be amazing to have freaking, you know, freaking uh, have her come out and be Spider Gwen. I,
1: I would I'd be all about it, especially oh my god if Emma Stone comes out as Spider Gwen. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that that would be.
1: Amazing. I would. I would pay for that. I would too. Like, anyway,
2: it, like I don't really like her. Actually, I love her, all her origin stories. It's, it's I've got those issues, um, but it, it still felt like one of those things. Like this is a cash grab, but everything's pretty and the artwork's amazing, and I really love her story and Peter being the you know the lizard. That was it. Was a lot of fun.
3: Or they're really just gonna slide in Ryan Reynolds because why not and just do Spider Man and Deadpool. Yeah. And then have and then have Emma Stone be Gwenpool. <laughs> that
2: would be awesome. But still. That'd be ridiculous progress. and stupid. I think we talked this one to death,
3: guys. Yeah. The fanboys would love it, but th- it would be the stupidest thing ever. Now, to transition it would, it would be the Young Bucks freaking version of freaking Spider Man.
2: Oh so it's just them putting themselves <laughs> over over and over and over?
3: We can get into that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other story that will take another hour of our lives and freaking – because I, I, I finally came to terms with freaking a lot of thoughts about AEW. And we'll talk about that off screen. Cool. Yeah, right. That's a whole other thing.
2: Now, All right. So the next uh, uh, order of business here is putting over because uh, I'm, I'm not trying to just put Cody over because I've talked to him a lot in the past couple of days. But uh, him asking me what the the best um, books were, you know, and uh, another buddy of mine asked me this too. I'm combining two conversations here of uh, what the best Marvel books were. And it was difficult for me to come up with a a long list. Uh, I'm going to say Hellions, X-Men, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Absolutely not, Spider-Man. Um, Immortal Hulk is over. Uh, maybe Marauders. What do you guys got? If you're trying to sell Marvel,
3: I mean, X Factor. The
1: only thing. Oh fuck you! Yeah, is that the new brand new X Factor?
0: <laughs> Are you serious? I don't
3: know. No, no I've read really episode, one issue, and I couldn't. I didn't care. Like the like a lot of the a lot of the X books have been really solid. Like personally, if nothing else for nostalgia reasons, you can almost never go wrong with a freaking X Men book. Right. Um. But yeah, I, th- that's pretty much my wheel. Like that and Daredevil. And the only reason I like freaking the only reason I got into Daredevil was the same reason I got into the Flash was just the TV shows. And I was like, screw it, I'm gonna give oh, him I a shot. And then freaking, I'm I ended like up liking shit. him a lot. You know, like daredevil's got a long history of great stuff but freaking i haven't you know i never made it a point to read him as a kid
1: i think that i didn't start reading daredevil until probably about 2002 oddly enough and uh since that number is coming up again but like legitimately i can't think of any time that i didn't like daredevil since then and i've gone back to you know you go back and read the earlier stuff it's fun it's weird and then it's and then it's consistently has this Really good feel, and uh, yeah, I would definitely try. I'd be be like, guys, no, for real. Daredevil is awesome. Uh, the the flagship Doctor Strange, and if you're a Doctor Strange fan, Doctor Strange: The End or the Death of Doctor Strange, as it were, is good. Also Kang, but that's a difficult character. We'll, we'll like get, I don't know. We'll get into. King I'm a not even bit. trying to. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not. Yeah, Kang is a big part of what I want to talk about today, and I'm not going to segue into that. Right I've got now, a flimsy but, transition uh, for Kang. <laughs> okay, well, you get the uh, you get the award then. But um, uh, yeah, that's a complaint I've got right now. I last week, the the last time we recorded, I was thinking about it in the midst of the show, and I was like, Star Wars, like that's a Marvel property right now. Right? Right. Because it's all Mm -hmm. Disney. All Disney. And I would say, yeah, go check out the concurrent Marvel Star Wars. That's awesome. But, like, what it really amounts to is, like, all of the stuff that I always loved, it's not good. Daredevil, set aside. uh, And Doctor Strange. Like, that's it. Like, I'm not into it. I look at the stuff that comes out every week, and I'm like, I'm not reading it. I'm not reading it. There's 14 spider stories, and there's... and You guys, I understand. I understand. Tony, you just said that you always like whatever the X book is. I have blown off X stuff for so long because everybody feels like that's what's going to pay their bills. So everybody wants to run an X book, and everybody wants to be writing on an X book or working on an X book. So there's no end to the perceived wealth of mutant related stories and i'm bored to death of it i've been so sick of this for years and now they're doing the same thing with spider-man obviously we've just been fussing about that well that just i don't need any of these additional spider-man characters except that they organically generated miles morales that just and, has validation to yeah. what Tony was talking about in
2: terms of like keeping yes. Spidey to uh, Yancy Str- or yes. uh, to Queens and and uh, Nightwing to Bloodhaven and, and Daredevil
1: to Hell's Kitchen, like it, it, yeah, it practical. Keep these things practical. You either change these characters so dramatically that they're out of their neighborhood permanently, or but they're afraid. They're afraid to do anything that's really going to be lasting. You threaten to divorce Peter from Mary Jane. So you get to the point where instead there's like this unrealistic, like, you know, memory wipe thing. And that's what this whole freaking new Spider Man movie is about a botched magical effort to mind wipe the universe. Give me a break. You know, like, that just, uh, you know, that's, again, Peter is not learning from his mistakes. He's making all of his own mistakes. That's not Peter Parker, guys. You've forgotten how to wri- write him. And that's that's why I'm looking at Marvel Comics and going, the only thing that's interesting is the stuff that's been consistent forever. And like, yeah. And there you have it. It's Doctor Strange and Daredevil for me now. It's a sad day when I'm going in and maybe picking up two Marvel books, and I'm buying IDW stuff because it's awesome. It like that's they're great, and we've said it before. there, there isn't a there's an IDW license that they're writing that isn't good i actually managed to get into when i was at austin's uh best comics i hope i'm saying that you know i screw that up abc in it should be it should be abc comics it just sounds good yeah it, i would love it if that was just that simple the only it, it, i went in there and you know i was kind of rushing and the one the, the couple of books that i picked up because i don't have access to the app anymore is uh i picked up some star trek year four and I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen these before. Like, these are 10 years old, and I've I've been wanting these. Like, And I wasn't going and looking at Marvel stuff because I don't know what, you know, I'm trying to keep up with the Silver Age stuff. If I want it, I'm going back so far because the new stuff doesn't do it for me. And so I leave it to you all now to tell us. Tell us what's so great going on in DC? Why are they winning right now? When they're when Warner Brothers, which owns them, is run by a person evil, evil who conglomerate, just not. like Disney. Yep. She hates comics as a medium. It wants to get rid of it. She wants rid of the printed comic book. Yeah, like, she's an idiot. how is it that they're kicking so much ass when they have? this dictator above them now what what's going on over there why is dc better
2: i want i want tony to take over this because i am unqualified at the moment because all i think about when i see dc is miracle molly so uh i'm a little bit clouded (laughs) when it comes to uh, all of the new characters that Tinian, tinian has created and everything that's going on in the Bat books, so I need a little bit of a a, a, a foundation scaffolding here from Mister Tony
3: Morales. Well, I think the like the biggest thing really is like the stories. It's just you know we've gotten a a litany of good overall storytelling over the year like the last you know five ten years. You know, like I said, when I came back into comics, so I took quite like, about a decade off. You know, I was, re- I, mm-hmm. I came in with a new 52. I just happened to grab some books and was like, oh, this is pretty good. I remember like this, and this is cool. You know, but it was all new 52. It was all DC, which is funny because I grew up, I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was totally Marvel, you know, X Men and, you know, Spider Man back in the day, and like all that cool stuff from the 90s and a little bit of Wildcats. But like, you know, DC was, you know, whatever, whatever. Like Batman, cool, but like, you know it wasn't really my thing and freaking come back in you know like i said you pick up these stories and you get these characters and they're they're so different you know you get batman and you know freaking then you turn around and you got i mean you got a little bit of something for everybody you know batman superman and like it's like everything the marvel you, the MCU is doing right with like the intermingling of characters and how they interact with each other you know like two diametrically opposed characters like, you know, Dr. Strange and Spider-Man, you know, you know, I, I I don't feel like, you know, like I said, street level magic, those two genres can yeah. intermingle. But like they shouldn't they shouldn't work on the level that like they come off and like that, li- that little line where, he, you know, they're in the sanctum sanctorum and, you know, he's like, oh can you help me doctor and doctor strange is like, you know, we saved the universe together. I think you're beyond calling me doctor. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, Steven and freaking, he's like, well, that's all right. That's, that's weird, but I'll allow it like that intermingling of that, that, you know, 20 second line of, of dialogue is what the, the DC universe in the comics is actually doing where we're intermingling stories, we're intermingling characters that may or may not necessarily work. Like like Batman and Superman, one of the best things they ever did was um, Batman and Catwoman when they were together, went on a double date with freaking Lois Lane and Superman. That
0: was such a great issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, great they,
3: issue. they went to like the carnival or something, just yeah. something that people do. And freaking like, Lois Lane and Catwoman are talking and they're like, you know, what, what, why, why are they such good friends? And like, we, we you you really find out being friends. Yeah. And we, you find out that like freaking, you know, Superman respects Batman for being like the best of humanity, even though Batman sees himself as like this dark brooding guy. And That's Batman cool. respects Superman because he's, he's literally the most human person he knows, like just utter that's utter awesome. goodness. That's
2: wonderful, man. And That's like
3: fantastic. you like it's like That's they great. both respect each other for the same thing when it comes right down to it. But they they don't at the end of the day, they see themselves as diametrically opposed.
2: That's one of my favorite issues of all time.
3: And it's it's just it's amazing to be like, huh, that that totally makes sense. Like, you know, how you see yourself and how somebody else sees you can be two completely different things and like having to, having to like sit like, and nobody ever want to explain (laughs) that, you know, like sitting down and being like, you know, I, I feel, I feel like I'm a piece of crap and being like, no, you're, you're one of the best people I know because of this and this and this. And like, you know, sometimes we need that. And it's like when you, like, it's one thing to be like, you know, you're feeling like that and you know, you're just, you know, you're Joe Blow, freaking going to your job. You come home, you freaking play video games, or you hang out with your wife or your dog or, you know, your husband or whatever. But, like, to be like, you know, characters of the level of like a Batman or a Superman kind of have that same mentality, that, that's pretty interesting. That's awesome. You know, you I don't do, necessarily, I you're agree. not necessarily going to get that. No, I
1: really appreciate you bringing that book up. I, I, when how old is that book? I want to look at that. It's it's, it's, maybe, a few, it's yeah. probably 5 years
3: old maybe.
2: No, the the book yeah. where where they went on the date? No. That was like yeah. year, No, that was a year and a half ago.
3: <laughs> no, if you wasn't. can, if you can tell everybody, There's, it, what it, it is. was in the fifties or sixties, probably, no, and no. it was it was before Batman Fifty because Batman Fifty is a wedding issue.
2: Yeah, but they redid it.
3: We're, in it. we're in issue one sixteen.
2: They did it. Re, they did it recently, where Selena Kyle and uh, Lois Lane and Clark and Batman all went on a date. That was within a year and a half, maybe two. Nope. They, they I, I didn't
3: it. guarantee it.
2: No, I no, I no, no, no. <laughs> we'll we'll settle this bet on the road. <laughs> we're
3: we're, we're headed to. If, we if we weren't doing the podcast, I'd go grab the issue right now.
1: No, uh, the, the, this Dude, issue is uh, what I want you to do at some please. We need to know what this is. I don't care how old it is. I'm not worried about that. I want our guy. I want our people
3: to be able to read this.
1: No, it so when Tony's you get wrong. an opportunity,
3: <laughs> if, come <laughs> on. The record, I am never wrong. I'm just with the How guy, many times man. <laughs> have I gone and picked
1: something up off of my shelf? All these, all the, how many years we've been doing this show?
2: Almost three. It feels
1: like, it um, feels like a
2: lot longer. Cause Febu- February will be three. Um, <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, uh, we were talking about this on the way home from Lubbock, I think, um, was mm-hmm. like talking about like what we're going to do with our comic archive when we die. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like together. By the time you and all three of us are, like, 80 years old, we're going to have the most epic comic book collection of all time. It's going to be the Minefields Archive. Um, obviously, I'm going to have some, like, loser son that doesn't like comic books. <laughs> um, oh, no, come on. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, back, to the, back, back to the point at hand... Um, The way that they carefully curate DC right now, where one of the funnest books right now is Blue and Gold. Batman
3: 37.
2: No, I believe you, but I'm telling you they redid it recently. (laughs) I'm telling you they redid it in Batman and Superman. I believe you. I am
3: telling you you're wrong.
2: They redid it recently in Batman and Superman.
3: No, they just killed off Superman. He's dead. Batman 37. All right, well again never wrong okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> far be it from dc to revisit something just because it was, it was uh, definitely
2: a revisitation and happened probably maybe in action uh, like i don't know it happened recently um mm-hmm. within the last 2 years uh where they did the the double date and it it was it was a it was a good dialogue it was quite Tarantino it was Quentin Tarantino good um mm-hmm. The Flash. Uh, everything The Flash has happened in the past, like, what, like eight years has been awesome. <laughs> or ever since Flashpoint. Probably beforehand. <laughs> um, Green Lantern has had some ups and downs. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to betray one of my favorite people in the world that Grant Morrison taking over Green Lantern was a huge mistake. Um, they had to fix some shit and...
1: Oh yeah, that I, was complicated wasn't I,
2: it? I just recently reread uh, read the latest one and it was it didn't have a recap. I really think that if after a grant Morrison uh, run every issue needs to have a detailed recap <laughs> of on uh, in the, in the first page <laughs> um, wow uh Crush of lobo um everything teen Titans like like every little story. Uh, even when you're reading, like, Justice League, the, like, when like you read an X-Men story or a, uh, a Spider-Man story, it's either six or twelve issues, right? Uh, Justice League is mm-hmm. focusing on two, three issues, completing a huge mission. A big-ass mission, like, like over-the-top, you know, worthy of Justice League, getting all these teams involved. And uh, it's... It, but it always gives you a solid anchor to, to jump in and be like, yo, I haven't read in a while. And then, oh, I figured it out in the first two pages, in which case you're invested, and remember, and now you can... Marvel's not doing that. Marvel's Marvel's not doing that at all. The other parallel I want to bring in here... Is the opposites that that's going on with Tinian and Hickman? Hickman had an amazing start, hit the ground running like a motherfucker with uh, House of X and Powers of Ten, and uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. He's fired slash quit. And Tinian, on the other hand, has created uh, Tony. How many like we, we we were drinking that night? Um, how many characters did Tinian create in the past two years? Like we got up to thirteen. Um, like I said, get distracted by Miracle Molly, but as he's controlling the bad, that's the
3: one one you care about and someone you care about.
2: No, I, that's the one that (laughs) I'm, I'm loyal and, uh, Tinian figured out like, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit, but he's not like saying he's a shit. Uh, realized that his independent comics are doing better and wants to do better for himself as opposed to fired slash quit. And then now everything that's going on
3: in X Men is muddied waters. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, like it's funny because, like I said, Hickman Hickman definitely started out with a amazing plan because I didn't even uh, I didn't even read it initially. You're the one that uh, you know freaking hooked me up with it, freaking. But yeah, when I got to it, I couldn't put it down. Like the, like he was setting up a society. Yes. And I can't, I can't recall that ever being done in comics. Uh, it, it made me think. That of I like, can recall off the top of my head, but, like, so, it was amazingly well done. Like, he was, like, there, you could tell there was, from day one, before he put pen to paper, there was a plan. This is where we're, this is, like, you could tell there was, like, a five-year plan that, like, this is where we're I at. Want, this yeah. is where I want to go. Every and, time. Like, it was there.
1: Every- Every time Joshua and I have tried to write something together, it's like I'm like, no, dude, we gotta pace ourselves. This has to happen first, and this has to happen first. <laughs> I think it drives me nuts.
0: No,
2: it, I got doesn't, you. it doesn't drive me nuts. I, <laughs> I just like the challenge. Um, we, we really gotta finish like all the ninety. Like we basically wrote, <laughs> We basically wrote Cobra Kai. And then, like, I know. And, and I, and I even made a joke when we were uh, uh, talking about what we would do if we were going to do a sequel to the Karate Kid after three, uh, yeah, ignoring yeah. Next Karate Kid and the Will Smith little kid one. Um, I don't have a problem with the next Karate Kid. What, I just don't. Wouldn't want it be to make funny it big if deal? they were tapping our phone and stole our ideas? And then I know we literally said that. And, and then and Cobra Kai came out, and we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was literally everything we we laid out uh, on, on a. Th- I went on a three-hour drive around Colorado Springs in Denver, uh, and him and mm-hmm. I were just uh, on Bluetooth talking about this, and. Um,
3: Sorry, it was yeah. funny because Joshua was calling Colin. He was like, "Colin, what are you doing?" He's like sweeping the rug, <laughs> and these guys heard sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's how the whole thing started.
2: Next thing you know, uh, anyway, we've got some
1: uh,
2: litigation. We got some uh, <laughs> filing some insurance claims.
1: God damn it! They were pretty close on what I had, what we had in mind. I think. Anyway, whatever. anyway, anyway, uh,
2: uh, it's you get what we're saying guys uh right now the meat and potatoes is dc the uh the fast food joints are is marvel right now um yeah yeah man and and my last little thought here is that where hickman quit slash got fired tinian planned to leave and left all the breadcrumbs everything He, he had the he had the sourdough yeast waiting for them to just pick and choose to make good bread as you know what like he set him up for success as opposed to what happened mm-hmm. to hickman is uh i i don't think it's gonna happen. I think we've got a major problem here because they brought the fucking beyonder into fucking x men and like don't do that to me like my head can only. Compute so many things, especially when like, okay, who's the bartender at the bar? Okay, this blob, and then okay, so let's going on? <laughs> right now, there's yeah. two, there's two shadow kings right now. Uh, Chuck doesn't know that uh, Colossus just killed his girlfriend. Um, we've got a barely understood Cerebro sword. Um, there's a lot of loose ends like 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 whoa what'd you do why'd you fire that guy uh you know he uh he um spoke up at a meeting uh he wrote the whole goddamn thing what are you doing um but tinian <laughs> you know tinian left us with a lot of uh meat and potatoes and like we're that, that's where that, that was a uh a good thanksgiving meal that was your friend bringing a good plate uh you know all the good stuff and
3: I'm trying to think of any of the DC titles right now. I can uh I, I brought up Crush and Lobo, um uh, Well team- the thing with DC too though is like like they freaking they put out so many mini series, like you no know, six three issues, six issues, twelve issue maxi series but like so many, like if you're into something, so many like for the most part they're really, really good. Like I got into the Mr. Miracle a few years ago. Oh yeah. That was tremendous. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we just finished up the one with Shiloh Norman last uh, there- last week. That one was great. You know, they're freaking doing, you know, they're doing some pretty good stuff. Uh, Batman's coming up with quite a, they're routinely doing Batman's. They just, they were doing, you know, deceased for a while. They did three runs of that plus one run that was an internet exclusive. And those were all really good and now they're doing DC vs. DC versus vampires which oh, was oh yeah it's a totally different mm. it's a totally different wavelength than freaking Marvel DC was yeah <laughs> but it's it's still good like very f- the very few times i can remember like the majority of the stuff they're doing is just solid stories like solid concise stories like very rarely am i like okay this is this is isn't what I'm looking for. I got very, very few times have I actually stopped a run and been like, I'm just, I'm not going to finish this. Like I can think of like one or two in the last five years that I picked up and started. And it was just like, this is not what I was hoping it would be.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking Garth Ennis right now. I mentioned it before on a few different podcasts and talking to Colin earlier. Garth Ennis needs therapy. <laughs> I say, uh, I say, Garth. We pay for uh, we 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 make some good money. We pay for Garth Ennis's therapy, and he starts getting writing on some good preacher and some early hell, Hellblazer stuff. Because uh, eight guys pissing on some guy's face with his mouth open, wanting it on like. And I'm not trying to be crass here. That was what we turned the page to on a St. Patrick's Day issue of the Boys, and I was like. Why <laughs> like Ugh. yeah, like they illustrated that like it like tony like we Tony and I had a plan to finish all the boys and finish all the seasons and talk about everything the way we do we long box stuff before Tony joined the crew mm-hmm. uh there was I, there was no way I could sell it to him, I was like,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, I read the first uh the first little thing, the first graphic novel, and I was like, this is fucking dumb. Like not not even I get that man. I understand. Like yeah. Like and I I'm a fan of the show, oh, the but like great. watching the shit like watching the show and reading like the first couple issues of the comics, I'm just like, how how did they ever read this and was like I want to make a TV show out of this because they used next to nothing of any of the stuff that went into the first few books. Like it's just it's just over the top nonsense for the sake of over the top nonsense.
1: I think uh I I don't yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is anymore. Uh Robert Downey Jr., God bless him, is the guy that more or less started the modern uh superhero genre film and he's saying it's it's uh oversaturated. He's not wrong. The boys might be epic and groundbreaking and interesting and then but like you know, oh we gotta have this irreverent take. We gotta have something that's that's uh different and unusual you know, dark what's his futz that uh oh man. Crap is a guy that Brian Reynolds plays. Deadpool. Deadpool, oh we gotta make another thing that might compete with Deadpool for rated R superhero stuff. I'm like,
3: yeah, maybe, but like that- don't give me a good story, give me Logan. We, yeah, all we've ever asked something. for is a
2: good story. All we've ever asked for is a good story. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I found a um, uh, Facebook when it, it tells you like what you posted a couple years ago or last week or whatever. Oh yeah, and I had a prediction from like eleven years ago. These are the indie comics that need to be in major comics need to be made into major motion pictures, and oh, one of them so was cool. Old Man Logan. And um, what's that? Dan? What's I mean, that? we kind of got that. What's the other one? Uh, I, I wanted Strangers in Paradise, I wanted Demo, and I wanted um, Morning Glories, which turned out to be a really uh, over in Oh, they did that, though. Not Morning Glories. You didn't see
1: Morning Glories?
2: They didn't do Morning Glories.
1: Yeah, they totally did, dude. Stars. Uh, it's got Rachel McAdams and Harrison Ford in it.
3: And a cameo from uh, Nicholas Cage.
1: No, he's doing his best to hold a fucking cold ass face, and like, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's a, uh, a, I don't want to, I don't know, I've never seen it. I'm, I'm kind of interested in checking it out. I don't think it did anything, but it was a, it was a uh, coming of age story about a young lady reporter uh, or something, producer, and at a TV, at a news station, and Harrison Ford is this grizzled guy that's uh on the verge of retirement. i don't know uh yeah it's called morning glory anyway
2: well it's morning glories uh but uh, wilson <laughs> i i called wilson Danny close wilson and um, oh
1: yeah totally daniel close we should be pumping more of his stuff out there
2: agree um but that's what i got for selling dc uh tony any other titles that you're reading
3: uh, no, I'm a little bit of everything right now. I'm freaking. I probably get about five DCs to every Marvel I get. That's so all I mean, that's, that's a,
2: really. That's a we need. We need to figure that out. We need to start doing the ratio.
3: <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Batman guy. Freaking love me some Suicide Squad. Freaking, you know, many kind of miniseries series featuring Mister Miracle is always good. Um, you know. Just kind of try it, you know. I'm just, I'm just way more likely to just like look at a good cover and be like, "Oh, it's a DC book. I'll give it a shot. See what happens." You know, whether I like it or not, you know, go from there.
2: All right, so we had to have a quick we little, urinated. <clears throat> we had to go expel some uh, fluids because. Uh,
3: and Josh weird. made a sandwich. No, I
2: found a sandwich in the fridge. No, you found it behind the, the, the... Yeah, he found that sandwich oh behind God, the refrigerator. I Arby's ass sandwich. We got a lot of comics to cover. Not Arby's all ass go sandwich. Let's do it.
1: Arby's ass sandwich. Yeah, some, of, some of these comics, we're, we're saying we read it, and this is what we liked about it, but we're not going to... We're not, not going to go details. all full
2: Minefields long box on them. Kang the Conqueror, number four. Mighty Thor, number 140. Avengers, number 6970. Moon Knight, number 5 not we're going to about all the trailers on... Well, we didn't talk about how cool it was that they are going to bring back X-Men number 97. Um, uh, Batman number 117, Suicide Squad number 9, Nightwing number 86, G.I. Joe, a real American hero number 287, Venom number 1, Hellions number 17, and a righteous thirst for justice number 2. I want to start off with some American heroism. The new issue of G.I. Joe... Starts out.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-da.
1: Awesome.
2: Learning G. half I the
1: battle. Joe, yes. So it is. In fact, half the battle. The other halves are blue and red lasers.
2: We get this amazing. That's
1: great comment. halves. Hmm.
2: Uh, writer Larry Hama. Yes. Oh, gold.
1: I don't know.
2: Is, is that not just the fucking raddest thing in the world? Uh, artist yeah. Billy Penn colors. Uh, Jay Brown letters. Uh, Neil Yutake. Uh the issue is called Sit Rep. The, uh, the card here, and if you can see, it even comes with the dotted lines to cut it out. Oh, that's cool. It's it's totally design-friendly. Like it's it, Everything, all, no detail is spared. Rather than get a uh, reconnaissance of who these people are and what's going on, we just get a little bit of a breadcrumb. You've been recruited into the world's most elite fighting force. You're one of the best of the best warriors the planet has to offer. You're ready to join the fight? You are Multo, Black Hat, Mongoose, and Sherlock. And this is... Da-da-da, Spotlight, colon, the newbies. So, we begin this issue where Shiprock is leading a mission with all the newbies. <laughs> on a very identifiable if you've ever collected uh, GI Joe's or just were a kid in the 80s a um, one of the uh, the floating ship that is uh, hydroponic but has the extra
1: um... hydroponic
0: yeah
1: uh, oh 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 it's a uh, it's uh... For crying out loud! It's it's got the extra.
2: It's got it's the hovercraft. Extra, it's the extra hovercraft that has the uh, the inflatable that comes out from under. But they're still under 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 it, and it's all newbies. Well, shipwreck is he's he's not really in command, but he's letting the newbies do their thing because they don't know what they're doing in terms of like their first Cobra mission. They mm. are spotlighting, trying to get onto Cobra Island under the cover of night and it the the a whole bit like i want to say 90 percent of this issue was carefulness in in the mission we've got to be running these engines as quiet as possible we have to be absolutely undetectable the second the 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 little uh, inflatable starts headed to to ground okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna plant these we're gonna we're gonna set down here, cover up uh, over uh, some foliage. Make sure when we lay the foliage down, we're covering things up that it doesn't look artificial. Uh, we have to make everything look as perfect as possible. We have to be as quiet as possible before they make the shore. We have a, uh, and they they call it out. We got a blip on the radar. We got a low flying rotary ring. It's a cobra mamba.
0: Oh, which, yeah. which is
2: an actual actual fucking rotor. actual fucking yeah. toy that I've held in my yep. hands uh, and they're about to detect homies coming up shore Shipwreck lights a flare, holds it up, waves it just enough time for them to see it throws it in the water and then our hydrofoil goes dark. Uh, oh it was
1: probably nothing. Hovercraft, hovercraft, hovercraft. The Cobras, the Cobra. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like super. No, go super for it, productive. go for it, go, it. go for it. The uh, the Cobras had a hydrofoil uh, because that means it's a boat, but it has like outrigging and it has skis on it. Yep, yep. To raise it up out of the water. Oh, that. The Joes had the hovercraft. <clears throat> well, they make it to shore. Hmm. This is
2: Cobra Island, where they have now a defunct Cobra base where yes. Dr. Dr. Mindbender and this was what the total fucking left field thing is they're turning it into a resort they're turning it into a casino
1: Yeah, well, they're going to make money somehow
2: yes and they're talking about how they're going to make money Dr. Mindbender has a uh, a Joe actual operative posing as Cobra that got hurt in a, a previous mission that has been picked explicitly for this because of how smart she is but Dr. Mindbrender has brought in the Brainwave Scanner version 2.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Version
2: 2, but they're also porting in version 1. And as the Joes, as Shipwreck is seeing as they, they actually have, like, you know, the full-on giant ships with, the, you know, the, the shipping containers. And there's one with a big X on it. Why is that one so important? It's the backup plan. It's the backup plan. You know, they infiltrate Cobra. This this was one of my favorite Joes, by the way. I can never figure out his name because um, I threw away his card. But he's the redhead guy with the cool uh,
1: – he's the – Oh, the, that's Outback. Yeah, Outback. He's one of my favorite guys.
0: He's one
2: of my, he's, yeah. Yeah, he was hands down my second favorite Joe other than Jinx.
1: He just was his so His name cool. is uh... – Selkirk something or another Selkirk dude yes he's one of my favorite I'm sorry I'm taking over for a second No, do it. Do years it, do ago it, do it, in college I started writing a G.I. Joe novel and I didn't have any license to do anything with any of it but I was like okay it's a Colin Powell presidency General Abernathy has been brought in to that's Hawk has been brought in to reactivate the Joe team and I started out with Joe's working in regular regular uh military place things all over the world like because Cobra had not, had sol- the Cobra sold some night ravens to some very low yield dictators and they were like oh we got cobra we got cobra stuff out here and the re- the other army personnel were like well what is that thing and who are these guys and whatever and it's like well we used to operate and deal with these dudes so, my favorite guy, Lieutenant Falcon, and then Tunnel Rat, uh, Outback, and um, later on I would do other things with other Joes. But, like, they were the initial characters that experienced this thing firsthand. So, it was like, it was just, dude, yeah, I love I love Outback. Outback has some great uh, original Marvel G.I. Joe issues devoted to him, especially special missions. Yeah, anyway, carry on, carry on. Well...
2: They, they're they getting into the newbies, and they all have uh-huh. as they're infiltrating this casino, they're all telling they're like uh, it It was totally 80s in terms of like the writing, like it's not the best, but it's still got a lot of like juice out of it. Well, why are you here? Well, here's my quick origin story. Uh, you know, I'm I was a kid during 9-11, and <laughs> I went to school and like go home, uh, I uh, first go home. Nine Eleven murderers, but we are home. And then we've got the story of this person. Like it's the story of all the newbies as they're trying to infiltrate, and they are absolutely executing. That they, they are not failing. That's cool. Uh, they 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 grab some cobras. That they're the analyzation of the. Uh, patrol. Uh, They are moving in unpredictable manners, which I have divulged into an algorithm which I think they figured out the algorithm that the, uh, the patrols that Cobra was going circling the base. Building the casino. So Developing character, this guy's that smart. It's not, it's not a random pattern. I actually figured out the pattern. It's an algorithm. We also have red vipers. Um, I, we can't just show up in the middle of the night because the, all the red vipers that are going on, like, continuing the construction way ahead of schedule are all robots. We're fucked. They're going to find us. <laughs> uh, infiltrating here, and they get into uh, Dr. Mindbender's... Um, laboratory and it was it was just a lot of goddamn fun it was pure unadulterated great yo joe awesomeness um i have told you the basic scaffolding of this but uh, i've only touched and scratched on the surface of all the characters that they're introducing it was yo-jo awesomeness. Like, like, I read it a second time. Uh, like, uh, very rarely do I read a comic, and it was so awesome that I had to read it a second time just because I wanted to re-experience it again. Um, That's awesome. Just, It's just Larry Hama, like, he's still here.
1: Like, like if, Dude, if it's. Yes, it's, it's the best Joe when it's Larry Hama. I don't think he's ever lost any of his moxie, any of his steam. He's incredible. He has been incredible for decades.
2: He's the man, and yeah. I, I do love the fact that it fixed something that bothered me. Was that uh-huh. they didn't in the movies that it wasn't GI Joe the real American hero? Yeah, I'm not trying to be xenophobic. I'm not. I'm not xenophobic. But GI Joe is the real American hero, and they even touched into the into the ether of like. Americans are every shape, form, color, whatever. Yes, I'm totally okay with that. But I just want it to be the real American hero. I want to be the good guy again, you know, like we used to be. Sure, sure. Like, like we used to be, and they really, like, zoned in on that. Yeah, internationally, great. But we're still, we're still American. We, we, we stand for American ideals. And I and I'm not going to get political on it, but I, I I love that let that sort of thing. It's still the real American hero. There's an actual GI Joe series that's not the real American hero. It ties into it, but this is this is the meat and potatoes. This is, this is the canon. Duke's still Take alive, your ass,
0: man. Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
2: Well, that's what I got for that one, man. Um, that's awesome. That's fun, dude. I'm glad
1: you read that. I I don't know. I mean, I used to read so much G.I. Joe and then uh, I was reading it when I I think it was Top Cow had the license. And then uh, I don't know. At a certain point, I felt like it got a little bit convoluted and I got away from it. And then I might I might be mistaken, but is not the new this, you know, the Larry Hama stuff that's been going on for several years. Is that not uh, an all new like tie-in to the Marvel comics, or how link how synced up is that to everything? I, do, I, do, I don't know?
2: know, I don't know, but I found a huge yeah. target that had a, had them all and I burned them all, and I might be able to answer that question in a year.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking uh, I I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm going to need to go back to the beginning of the Larry Hammond era, era uh, the new one, and. Um, and get crazy with that. I think that's going to be that's going to be something I want to do.
2: We're two hundred eighty-seven issues into this. I, I I W one. How
1: far did Marvel go? Marvel had one hundred and fifty-five issues. Uh, of the major, the majority of it was written by Larry Hama. Uh, he left, and uh, it started to decrease in quality pretty quick um sometimes the art wasn't superior but it was i don't know yeah it got away for a while there there were there were a couple of issues that uh were gi joe and transformers like they were dealing with the transformers but if that wasn't its own four-part issue then of course there were also the special issue, special missions issues which were Sometimes there are like it was just an additional GI Joe book, and sometimes it was like a single issue. Um, and every every once in a while, you could pick up a special missions, and it was like it was concurrent with the through line, the main through line, uh, and or it'd be like this issue, th- this happened between this and that, and you're like, okay, that's badass. But then um, Larry Hama came back at the end. And by that point, they were calling it Snake Eyes or GI Joe featuring Snake Eyes, and they had one issue called GI Joe featuring Scarlet, and I think one featuring Roadblock. Like they were that was that was in the early nineties. They were having a really hard time carrying it on, and then the last issue is really something special. Uh, yeah, the whole issue you never you never get to hear uh snake eyes speak very much or at all really but in the uh in the last issue you get to get inside his head because he's answering a letter to a kid who's thinking about joining the military and he's talking about yeah so that that issue is absolutely worth whatever you would pay for it and it's pretty pricey
2: the um Latest addition to GI Joe is that there is a new Snake Eyes uh, series called Dead Game coming out uh, by Rob Blue. Liefeld.
1: God help us all. I know, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: The uh, Snake Eyes on the cover is actually proportional, um, except for his yeah, knees. I it. Um, of course. The the space above his knees is a solid, you know, uh, six inches of. Bone attached to... Yeah. Um, But hey, uh, it's Rob Liefeld. He's been our asshole little buddy forever. Uh, When I think about Rob Liefeld, Tony, I think about um, the way um, Marty Scroll was to the uh, Bullet Club. Uh, (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, he he was like the little buddy that was the asshole that... Like, why is he here? But we still kind of like him and... (laughs) Liefeld is definitely the Marty Scroll of uh, Image Comics, but he's still getting it done, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Give us some Nightwing, man! I'm i have been dying here about what your uh, take on Nightwing is.
3: Let me take a look here, Mister. So All right, here. We take a
0: look here.
3: Yeah, now we uh, we start out with the they blew up the clock tower. You know, everybody, you know Our everybody's panicked. Yeah. Everybody's panicked days. thinking that, you know, Steph and Kaz are are dead. You know. Fortunately they'd already escaped and they're in their uh, civilian attire. You know, so luckily the uh you know Bat family's trying to dig them out and they're nowhere to be seen because, you know, they're safe. So the, all, all the uh, all the Bat Family reconnects, and they're figuring out that Seer is actually in the uh, the floating ship atop Gotham. And you know they're like, we need a plan to get in there. And Dick Dick and Babs are like, you know, we need to figure this all out. And Tim's just like, hey, uh, you know, if you guys want to go alone, we understand. <laughs> And freaking they're like and like, what is that supposed to mean? And they you know, we found out last issue they kissed for the first time in however long. And Tim's the one to break the news to everybody, and Steph is just like, Oh, finally, it's about finally. time.
2: That's exactly what I said when it happened <laughs> 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 last week. Uh fucking finally.
3: So you're Stephanie Brown in this scenario? Gotcha.
2: Well, I thought their first kiss was in Nightwing three issues ago.
3: Yeah, but that, nobody else knew about that one.
2: That, that was their private kiss. Yeah,
0: gotcha.
3: Yeah, so they end up, uh, you know, they end up ch- trying to figure out a way onto the ship, and they end up uh, they come up with a scheme where they uh, they distract some of the magistrates and end up stealing their armor. And flying their way onto this shuttle, and you know, they think they're gonna they're gonna try to do what they can to sneak out, and then they end up, you know, of course, not getting very far before, you know, everybody realizes who they are. And the, the night when just like, "Take off your guys' your helmets," and they're like, "One that leave us exposed." He's like, "Yes, but on the other hand, we know who to properly punch."
2: Oh, this splash page was gorgeous. Like, check out this. Let me me see if I can position this uh, for you, Colin, if you can see the splash page of this epic knockdown drag
1: out. Oh, man.
3: Yeah, pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, they ended up fighting their way through this ship, taking out each and everybody they can before they finally uh, get to Simon Saint. (laughs) And Simon Saint just turns around. He's like, shoot him. And before they can, they they are able to pull their guns out. They're both the people with him are taken out by Batgirl and Nightwing. And you know they're here looking for Seer, and they they pull out a thing that has freaking all her information on it. So she was here at some point. Yep, they pull out the USB drive. And uh, turns out Seer is long gone, but they end up getting a good shot in on Simon Saint himself, which is awesome. And they end up taking Seer offline before Oracle comes back on. And is like you know telling everybody, "Hey, Skybase One, you got everybody better evacuate before we end up taking this thing into the into Gotham Harbor." And three minutes later, it is sinking into the into the water.
2: What do you, but no. without getting into the preview of Batgirls, what do you think they're setting this up for?
3: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we, we, you know, at the end of the day, we don't, they still have not found Seer. They still don't know who he or she is. You know, they, they won the day, but obviously, you know, Seer's going to be more of a problem than she has been, which is saying something, because she was able to take Oracle offline, which is obviously no easy feat.
2: Correct. She's also already branded herself. Like, the her logo on the USB drive that Babs finds in the floating compound is the same thing on the jacket. And mm-hmm. I don't think she's a bad guy. I, really? I, I think she is someone that... Where I where we see uh, Clown Killer, who Clown Hunter, um, being the quintessential I want to, I've got, I want vengeance, I want justice. I see this girl trying to prove herself. Because everything I've ever, like, imagine the head hacker that gets hacked by the newbie. Are, are they really trying to hurt you, or are they trying to impress you? Because they, they, in some, and and, and you're their hero. And here's what I can do: just accept me. And I, I maybe you know, what she looks like, what like a four foot eleven little, not even goth chick. Just like she's <laughs> adver- she's advertising herself. She's not wearing all black, hiding in the shadows. She's got a. Uh, a, a dark green, or almost like a, a slimy green jacket with her own logo on her back, and she's got the the glasses, and you can see her eyes exactly what is on the the logos everywhere. Like I, I don't see a bad guy here; I see, I see potential.
3: Yeah, we did a lot of that recently, though. Like that's what they kind of did with David Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker. Like, I, I, I kind of see her more in the vein of anarchy, which is really funny because, you know, she might have offhandedly led to his death. Right. So I can could, I could see her being not so much a supervillain, but definitely a pain in the ass. She's definitely that a pain you in dealt the ass. With. She's definitely a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see her at any point, like, joining up or anything like that or even making a point to try. I think she freaking I think she straight up, you know, wants to be the uh top information getter in all of Gotham. She's or Bloodhaven, whichever it would be.
2: She's the new recruit, man. She's the first draft. She's uh she's she's got her her you know uh sights set on the uh people that inspired her. I I I don't see her as a bad guy. Um as opposed to how I still say we're being distracted that uh, Ghost Killer is uh, going to fucking... Ghostmaker Ghostmaker is going to fucking fuck with us, like, next week. Or today, actually, because I haven't read anything happen-
3: uh, DC happened today. Because today was
2: the finality of everything. Um, uh, did Omega come out today?
3: I haven't seen it yet, no.
2: All right, so we might have another week. Even then, I dug it. Nightwing... Um, I especially love the art, like how carefully placed everything is on the cover. Like we get the the Seer logo in the <clears> middle. <throat> this is what I was really interested uh, when we're about to get into uh, the next uh, Batman. But I was I was more interested in who the fuck Seer was. I was hoping I was hoping for a swerve, really, someone we knew. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that Tinian give us one new new person.
3: One more new person.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: but yeah. No, it was, it's a good issue. Freaking, definitely keeping with the fierce, fierce state without being a uh, a staple of the main story per se. But, but it's, it's definitely solid.
2: It still felt relevant. It wasn't like something that you bought. Like I didn't need to buy this. Like, the, like they would have recapped it in in, <laughs> in, in in one sentence in the next issue that actually matters when something like happens. Um, <clears throat> Nightwing. Uh, so we gotta we gotta get into Batman. Just natural progression. One seventeen. <laughs> I was a little astounded by this issue. Uh, the action. Yeah. The, well, the, the fact how. Ex- if you <clears throat> take your time, don't read any of the bubbles. Just open the page, and just stare at the expressions on everyone. Um Simon like Simon Sate is breaking down in three panels and then tries to get back into control. We got a girl that has no like barely any peoples in his eyes, looking look to the side just like tired of this mess. Reminding me of Amanda Waller, um 90% into the Suicide Squad movie when before she got the uh you know uh the golf club to the head, and he's malfunctioning like crazy. And then we've got where we just left off with uh, Nightwing where we see the Bat family infiltrate. Yep. And then back to one of the, one of the yeah. best fucking fights I've ever seen Batman get into with Peacekeeper 01. Miracle Molly is about to be able to stop the fear bomb from fully going on. We got Crane here on the ground giving her, like, instructions. Like, you could do this, or you could do something else. And rather than be the normal Gothamite that will stop everything and save the day, he's telling her, you you have the potential to let this go off and... You know, really making a new mark for what Gotham could be, and then we get right back into some amazing splash page where Look at this shit, man! It's just amazing. Mm. And then uh, we get to finally. How, how did you feel when you finally saw Ivy and Ivy get back together and eat like? Like, I love the breakdown. Like, there was something wrong with you. I I separated the best parts of you into a seed, and that seed was stolen. And that's been manipulated, and now your ego is taking over, uh, and you guys need to join together. How did you feel when that happened, man?
3: Yeah. like, it's all right, but, like, I I, I kind of feel like the whole Poison Ivy subplot is a little convoluted. Like, it doesn't, it, I mean, like me personally, it just doesn't do it for me.
2: The only reason I liked it was because that it added an extra hint of danger that if you pissed off Poison Ivy, even in the slightest, she could just destroy Gotham. Which wasn't uh, impossible in my mind, considering how crazy things have gotten. We haven't even gotten into what Detective just came out, about what's going on in the sewers with Nakano and, um, uh, uh was it Hugh, uh, Hugh Vile? Hugh Vile's little spawns there. Like the, the, like it, it, that part reminded me of, um, did you ever see uh, Dreamcatcher?
3: No, I, don't, I feel like we've talked about it before, but I've never seen it now.
2: Where just if one spawn
0: Oh yeah. One
2: if one little instance of of this alien being got into the water, we're all fucked. And but there's a huge hive Maybe. there. That's what we we haven't gotten to that, but we've got this danger of poison ivy. I, I I actually bought into this love story. I really love Harley like doing her best. I didn't like all the side stories with Harley that weren't part of detective or Batman because they got really um, Just stupid and zany. But when Poison Ivy finally is self actualized, she's complete and realizes that she could destroy the place, or she realizes how scared the entire city is. Which really has to be noted that Gotham City is a full on, full blown character in this story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Awesome. like the 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 people that are that are nine to five, the people that have four jobs, the the homeless people, like they have really taken the care. Tiny really did a good job to to really integrate every bit of Gotham, the the high society society or what do you call them, the socialites. Um, and she immediately says, "I could do this," or I feel I feel the fear, and she instead of using her vines to in roots to destroy gotham and sink it into into the bedrock um grows flowers that releases a pheromone that relaxes people to re- release the fear and then saves the dying kid from the ah. Uh, um the, uh, I'm, I'm always terrible named names, Tony. I'm sorry. The uh, What's Miracle Molly a part of again? She's part of the... Um,
3: Unsanity Collective.
2: Unsanity Collective.
3: <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, the little girl squeaks, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, I remember because I was so scared when, like, you know, Insanity Collective got raided and Peacekeeper 1 started shooting. And I really loved the the, the kiss between her and Ivy. Like, it was just re Reunation. Like, I loved it. And Peacekeeper 1 just fucking ready to destroy. Like, his robot arm has got that, like, lightsaber sword. And Batman ain't scared. (laughs) He's just not scared. Takes him down. Knocks him right in the head with his fucking uh, utility belt wrapped around his uh, forearm. Right in the back of the head. Colin, if you can see that. Utility belt wrapped
1: around his hand. (laughs) I've never heard of him using it like that. Back of the head.
2: (laughs) Miracle Molly has the choice. She was inspired by uh, Mr. Jonathan Crane on the ground here. Yeah. You can stop what I'm doing. And we can turn to status quo that doesn't matter. And then she realizes that she can... Uh, take the technology back to what the Insanity Collective is doing and just erase all your trauma. And she's about to do it. She's got her fucking finger on the button and and Bruce, Bruce takes over. She's like, don't take another fucking step. I'll do it. She clicks that button. It erases everyone's trauma as opposed to what's going on with, with Poison Ivy right now, like organically doing it. And he takes his cowl off. Plugs into her mind. From his direct feed of what's going on in Gotham, and she sees the about how um, everything's been brought down. Magistrate over, caught. Their floating base crashed in the Gotham Bay. It's over. Every everyone's been caught in the Kano's back, but we still don't know what happened in the sewer. We'll, I, we'll find out, you know, <laughs> when we pick up those books. Then we get the iconic. As the sky is opening up, for the first time, in almost over a year and a half, we get the bat, bat sitting. and the bat family mm. assembles. It, it is it is absolutely glorious. And Miracle Molly's i don't believe it. She's like he's Bruce. Bruce saves the day, not Batman. Exposes his face. She's she's got boogers. She's got her, her eyes are just openly weeping. She's he says I'm not sure I'm right. There's not much in this world I am sure of, but I do believe. And she says, I do want to believe, too. And she puts down the button and just falls into him. And as we turn the page, we see uh, one of the uh, flowers that is producing the pheromones that is relaxing everyone, that the fear state is over, coming out of the ground. Mm. It it was wonderful. We get into the small story. of The Batgirl's hiding in the... uh, in the, their seedy hotel, and they get caught by Seer, and we get an, uh, another shot of Seer. And I'm loving the artwork on this. I can't wait for Batgirls. It's glorious. <laughs> Even if the story sucks, if the artwork is this good, just just I don't care. Tony, how did you feel on that one, man? Did I did I fuck that up?
3: No, I thought it was good, man. I liked it. Um, like I said, it, it came together well. It'll be like. I, I like the Simon Saint character because, like, he had this brilliant plan, and pretty much instantaneously, it blew up in his face. <laughs> yeah. And like, you don't you don't often see that. Like, this is a guy that you know was set up to freaking. He was like, I have got this, and then about two minutes later, I in fact do not have this. I don't have this at all.
0: <laughs>
3: Oops. I I I got played. Like freaking him and Scarecrow came together, and he got played and that's glorious cuz it's kind of nice to see a villain somebody new just freaking just not being prepared you know it it's it's easy for joker and penguin and two-face and catwoman it all this ilk to be like i've got this brilliant scheme but it it's great for this guy in his first appearance to be like i've got this brilliant scheme oh shit and I fucked up, and I'm going to jail,
2: and yeah. I barely did
3: anything. And like, I'm I'm interested in to like. I get a feeling we're not going to see Simon Saint for like two to three years, but when we do, he is going to come back, and just it's going to be insane. Like, this is a guy who's going to go to jail, is going to be screwed, freaking going to be you know. When he gets out, he is going to come back, and it's gonna he, he is going to come back with a vengeance. And that will lead into the reality of future state.
2: Well, I thought the whole thing about what was going on with Black Lightning was uh, preventing the future state. Like, Batman winning today, along with the Batgirls and the Bat family and knocking out Peacekeeper 1, um, stopping that future was preventing the future state. I I, I had so many theories I feel were wrong and I never realized that they were showing future state just to sh- to put the fear into us as the readers. If Batman mm. and the Bat Family doesn't succeed, then that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna end up with. And it was so well written, I probably wouldn't have been pissed about it because it was so good, especially with like uh, Red Hood, the new Red Hood, you know, part of the uh, the collective, um, the magistrate. I'm sorry um, that. We had so many different options like it wasn't a bad story we were trying to avoid, but black lightning and uh, what was the other dude uh, the dude in the yellow I always forget his name Oh, signal yeah uh, avoided feature state in conjunction with what just happened it, it it instilled the fear in us as readers as a higher level of understanding of what could happen if the bat family does not succeed i mean like if batman broke bane's uh bane broke batman's back he's going to get better we all knew he was going to get better mm-hmm. we didn't have a, a semblance of what the world would be like if bane and actually truly succeeded yeah they added that extra level of gravitas and i'm just so happy
3: with all of this yeah no i think i think overall i think this is this has been a great story it's probably it's easily the the greatest Scarecrow story I've ever read you don't you don't Scarecrow is not a character that gets put in the spotlight often correct and like they've really kind of gone out of their way to put ever since Rebirth started they've kind of put they, they, you've had your your Joker stories and your big Joker stories, but we've also seen, like, City of Bane, which is really good, and we right. saw the other War Jokes and Riddles, which focused on the Riddler quite a bit, you know, in zero year. um, Freaking, there's been a lot of, there, you know, for all the Joker stories we've had, we've, we've also seen some focus on some guys that aren't necessarily first, you know, first thought of guys that have really gotten a chance to shine on top of these new characters like a Simon Saint or, you know, Ghostmaker or, you know, anybody of that nature. You know, even with the, uh, they even brought in with uh, adding Mr. Wise and his history as a uh, an underling to Matt Hatter, you know, who's another guy that, you know, hasn't gotten... You know, enough shine over the last probably couple of decades, really. Like, I thought he was one of the best parts of the uh, the Gotham series, the TV show. Like, they really made it a point to take a bunch of D.F. list villains and make them threatening. <laughs> you know, you saw we saw plenty of Zazz. We saw plenty of Mad Hatter. We saw um, Hugo Strange was what really well used in that series. Yeah, there were there were quite a few guys that were that wouldn't have gotten there. Even like even like the flamingo was used. No shit. Professor Pig. Yes. Yeah, Professor uh, Flamingo ended up eating a woman's ear, a cop's ear, Ooh. when he was brought in. Like it, it was a quick little like one maybe two episode arc, but like he ended up biting either biting a a female police officer's cheek or her ear off. And like as he was arrested, so it was. Um, it was I, I loved it.
2: I'm just happy with everything Creepy. that's been going on. Uh, I feel like an idiot right now. I just realized that the writer for Batgirls has been Becky Clunan the whole time. And Colin, you know how much I Oh no here. way! It's Becky Clunan. She's she's the she's the wonderful woman that drew my original John Constantine drawing. <clears throat> You're in line for me with that. Had to happen. Yeah. Had to happen. What are we doing next, guys?
0: Colin?
1: Uh, you know, me to go off on a tear about this stuff. I will probably won't take that long on it. Honestly. Go on a tear. You don't have to worry about <laughs> that, brother. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I've been fascinated by Kang for a long time. Kang the Conqueror, Kang the character from marvel comics he's a villain we've been covering the kang the conqueror storyline uh because it is exquisitely well crafted artistically and it is capable of telling a story even though it's kind of convoluted and difficult to keep up with um we talked about it earlier is this one of those books we would refer people to right now if we were saying you know this is where to go in marvel I don't know that I necessarily would, because if you've never heard of him, it, this, is, this is all over the place. You've got dozens of Avengers books and dozens of probably Fantastic Four books uh, dealing with this character. So it's a, little <clears throat> it's a little tough to be able to know uh, what you're looking at and where to go and what can you even take seriously. It's like the second villain that the Avengers ever encountered as a team. That's how far back we're going. And we all know that the earliest Silver Age books sometimes came off a little bit silly, but at the same time, I feel like the groundwork is laid all the way back. You know, you can't not pay attention to those early books. And I'm talking about even as I'm talking about double digit numbering system. Like some of them were still groping around trying to figure out what to do with these guys, Um, so that's why it's been interesting lately. You can get like I I've I've had this on my shelf for a while. This is Kang time and again. Let me find the uh, oh blah 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 blah. blah. Let me find the. uh, I think this is from two thousand five, and yeah, this is one. You know, you you go to any any. Local any bookstore, and you'll see these marvel heart you know yeah. paper bags with the uh logo at the top and it's the green binding yeah <clears throat> and they're just collected editions, right well, I read about uh three or four issues in this um just yesterday and some today, and there's more to go like this is silver Age stuff it is super duper dense. Even the early Bronze Age stuff is just, it's so much to read in every single little panel. But um, Kang, obviously, a time traveler, and there are so many different versions of him to pay attention to. There's Immortus, and there's Ramatut, and then there's... You know, how do you qualify Nathaniel Richards? Uh, where is he and all of that? And then, even today, like Joshua you, we, and I said that I was going to look into this. I forgot we didn't even put it in the list. I, what was the Fantastic Four issue you told me to read? And I, I, I read it. That um, was
2: issue number, I want to say thirty-five.
1: <clears throat> Yeah, in the in the current uh Yeah, but it's uh, like the leg- Legacy Issue six eighty. Yeah. It's the sixty years of Fantastic Four cover. And it, it trips me up because I got this book and I read all of the side stories. So I read the stories that happened later in the issues. I don't understand why I never got around to reading the like the main through line story on this. And uh, you were like, check this out on the Marvel app. So I, I pulled it down, looked at it, and then I was like, wait a minute, all the rest of this I've read. Um, and it's a, it's, it also is a very dense story, and it's wild. It's like, if you're into Kang, if you liked the Loki TV series and you want to know what's going on with this character and you don't know anything about Kang, that is a great place to go right there. Because you've got the, te- the variants and the temporal agency, whatever that was called. Uh, and, uh, Tony, what was that called? You know, the monkey, the uh, TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. T- TVA. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the Tem- Temporal, variance authority. Yeah. Temporal so, variance authority. Right. The, to, to that end. I, you know, whatever. So, okay. What do we got here? Um, you know, Kang, the conquer issue four. Kang, the conquer as a series, it's concluding in issue five. Um, and I kind of want to read it all back to back to back to back one day and see how fresh the whole story can be on my mind while I'm doing it. You've got... And so I'm I'm going to go into this, and I've mentioned all of this work, so you can see how it all blends together. Because the genius of this current Kang book is that it is paying attention to all of its forebearers. And that's what we want. So, you know... Nathaniel Richards has become Kang the Conqueror. He gets uh, into this world that he can conquer and slay and destroy as much and as hard as he wants to. And he basically immediately encounters Ravona, the woman who keeps popping up in time, and uh, he wants her to love him. And they, they kill together, they fight together, they forge an army together. And then as soon as he's like, be with me, it doesn't have to be like this. This is mindless. Like, it doesn't have to be just conquering. We can walk away from all of this and be happy together, and she doesn't want any of it. And uh, so he's like, fine, never love. Like, he's been told again and again by Kang, Don't who came it. to him at the beginning, never love. And that is the downfall for Kang, is that for whatever awful he may be, he's always capable of... He's basically going to defeat himself in time, over and over again. So we don't know where the loop ends with this, or if it's a variant, ultimately. Um, But he conquers the entire world, and he leaves. He has other things to attend to, and he leaves and he fights and he even there's even one panel depicting the avengers fighting alongside him and that's that's from the time and time again book that i've got which is reprints of early avengers stories involving him i was like yes that's exactly what i want to see he gets to the he gets to the end and he realizes like I know what I'm supposed to do differently. I'm supposed to show mercy. There's a traitor. The traitor is going to kill her. I've seen it. I know this is going to happen. And he gets to that point. He thinks he's won her heart, but she gets killed by the traitor. And he's just destroyed over it. And he says he takes 50 years and mourns. And I'm like, dude, when you're immortal, that's just incredible. Like, I don't have that much time. I think I mourn my last great problem for six months you know and that was after i quit being angry about it and started feeling horribly about it you know and it's like it was pretty deep. i don't know that that thing that part that aspect of it just hit me and that's just like it might just be a throwaway line like i don't know where there's any other precedent for that in any of the other stories that involve him i don't know It just that really got me so um you know, I pick up I picked up my Kang book and uh it starts consequently I thought it would start with like the first appearance of Kang in issue number 2 of Avengers but no it starts with uh uh the Mighty Thor issue 140 and it doesn't really feature Kang on the cover the villain that d- that Thor has to deal with is the growing man and this is how silly some of those Silver Age books can be. Thor is in Asgard. He wants to go back to Earth. Uh, some doofy characters encounter a doll, and they're like, this is weird. Every kinetic force, if it's touched, moved, jostled, whatever, it, it puts energy into this doll, and it grows and grows and grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Kang hid this uh, this creature as a weapon in the past, not thinking that modern man would ever encounter this thing. He wanted it to lay in the, in the past so that no one could get it. Right. And, of course, we find it, and blah, blah, blah. So Thor's got to deal with this, but then Kang shows up, and Thor immediately recognizes him, and he's he zaps him with a ray. Like, Kang the Conqueror always has a gun. That's what I'm starting to understand. Like, he can just warp these weapons to him because he has a giant array of them that exist out of time. And that fascinates me, having read Darkhawk recently, because the Darkhawk armor is all in storage in, like, what is it, Null Space? I can't even remember the Darkhold. And uh, that's why if, if his armor gets shot, he can turn back into whoever he happens to be And then put the armor on again. It's a whole different armor. So it's always fresh. Like that's Kang, one of Kang the Conqueror's powers versus Ramatut versus Immortus. These guys are all Kang, but they all have different interesting power sets. So that was fascinating. So again, in, uh, you know, it's Thor 140, and then um, uh, let me flip back to it. Uh, then in this Avengers issue, what did I say it was? 69? Yeah, Avengers 69 issue 69. Yeah, 69 and 70. And then going into 71 and even further, and I didn't get that far into it. This also chronicles, this is odd, it chronicles the first appearance of the Squadron Sinister Hyperion, Dr. Spectrum, Nighthawk, and the Wizard. So I don't know how much, I mean, Tony, are you familiar with those guys?
3: Uh, I know of them. I couldn't tell you I was familiar with them, I, but like I, Hyperion I definitely know of. Yeah. The Wizard I have okay, definitely get, heard of a time or two.
1: Yeah. I'll get into it here with this. I mean, they're obviously an... Uh, is it an amalgam? I guess they... Um, no, not an amalgam. They're, they're a riff on the Justice League, basically. They're a riff on the Maiden DC guys. So... Um, uh, essentially the Avengers are dealing with you know whatever happened in the last issue, and they the Wasp encounters the doll again. And so the Growing Man takes place, and then they deal with that, and then Kang shows up, and he's like, oh, you guys are screwing up my thing, as usual. And uh, uh, he whips them into his little time area, and he's like, you guys are going to work for me. Of course, we're not going to work for you. No, no, no. I need you to work for me because the Earth is in peril. Somebody who is not as strong as me, but is as st- stronger than me in other ways, will arrive soon. A year, and they they see Kang with Ravona in stasis, right next to him. Okay, so just like she looks in in K- Kang the Conqueror issue four.
2: So this is getting <clears throat> extra extra interesting because. I don't have no Honestly, idea who yeah. Ravona is uh, until King Falconer number one, and so it's, yeah, it's just go way back. It's ju- it's just she keeps coming back. She keeps rejecting him. It's 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 like is this a self fulfilling prophecy?
1: It is, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily that she's always rejecting him. She did in this instance. She was killed by like she was uh, she was she was killed by Kang. In Kang the Conqueror, as opposed to um, Nathaniel Richards, who becomes Kang, uh, she gets killed by blah, 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 this, that, and the other. You know, there's an Armageddon, and she dies. And it's just this thing. You can't stop it from happening. And that's the crazy thing, is that for people who can stop anything from happening because they're time travelers, they can't keep Ravona from happening. It is a classic, perfect romance trope. Like, my favorite dungeons and dragons novel is exactly about this uh vampire of the mists it's a it's a ravenloft story jander sunstar falls in love with a woman in an asylum he freaks out when she dies he gets pulled into ravenloft lord strahd was in love with a woman years ago all of it went to hell and that's how he ended up being a vampire but now there's another one that looks just like her, you know, that and that's the one that Jander's in love with, and it's the same type of thing. This idea that these characters like are universal constants, and uh, and that's a crazy thing because when I think of Spider Man, I think that Spider Man is a universal constant, and uh, that's a whole other thing I'll go into some other time. But Ravona, I think, is this recurring. Character, even go back, look at dark shadows. That's what happens with uh, the governess, she re- reappears decades, centuries later, and stuff like that. That's her spirit. That's you know, indeed. or dude, I mean, it's like that's just this kind of oh, I'm you know, I'm immortal, I'm stuck in this thing, but oh, a ghost from my past, is it her spirit? Has she been re- reincarnated? Is she slightly different, you know. it's pet cemetery it's all of these wacky things and so ravona like i say is in stasis and she is identical to her visage in in the end of issue five or four of kang the conqueror the avengers have to fight for kang because the grandmaster is arriving different
2: version version of kang right
1: no, it's Kang the Conqueror. It's the Kang we would know to come in to expect in his purple and green, you know, costume with the mask and everything. Gotcha. Um, and he's like, "Yeah, the Grandmaster is about to arrive, and he is going to pit, you know, me versus him. You, the Avengers, will fight against his champions, and his champions are the Squadron Sinister. And so, and typical." childish, like, Silver Age fashion, you have to you know, each one of you has to defeat my champion or the Earth is doomed, and you're going to do it at one of each of these Earth landmarks. So it's like, you know, the Taj Mahal and Easter Big Island, Ben, some
2: shit like that. you know,
1: that kind of stuff. So we're to have a battle in each of these places, and each Avenger is on the verge of winning the day, but then Dane, what's it, the Black Knight shows up, in, uh in England and he ends up helping so by default it's no none of this is you've, you've violated the terms of our thing so it goes on to the next set of Avengers and it's the vision and um oh gosh I'm I'll have to flip to the right pages but blah 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 the entire thing and so the Black Knights involved in this whole business and then it keeps going and it's like oh man yeah I got I couldn't I didn't have time to finish that one because I was like, oh, wait, I need to check out this other thing. So Joshua was telling me, like, dude, you got you, you got a clue in on this uh, Fantastic Four issue. So, like I say, uh, issue 35 in the new Dan slot work, and then legacy issue 680. And this is a, like, God, I don't know, a huge 40-page spectacular or something where every version of Kang has arrived at their, like, temporal fourth dimensional little home and it's their, it's their like museum. It's their safe space. Nobody can come in there that isn't part of Kang's bloodline. And every version of him is there at the same time. And they're all gloating over each other. They hate each other. They hate how each one of them operates because like the older ones are just disgusted at like, Oh, I hated it when I was like this or I hate, so I hate you. And it's just like, they're just backbiting and, it's ridiculous, but like so okay, yeah, you and I both read that. right Joshua. And I feel like there are things that I really liked about this and other things where I was like, oh, come on, can we just like treat this a little bit more seriously? And um, unfortunately, I gotta say, you know you and I both uh, you, you mentioned that John Armita Jr. did the, the illustrations. like in the in the world with the FF, I was like, this really, really works. But when we got into this whole temporal thing with all the Kangs, I was like, honestly, I was really let down. I wanted to see some ridiculous, like, Starenko style or some Jack King Kirby, man. I wanted to see some crazy technology and over-the-top, like, decor or something. And it, it came off being like they were in that temporal chamber at the end of Interstellar. Like, there was no detail, and they're just sitting around a table, and each of them are pissy at one another and stuff like that. And I was like, this is not enough. Like, I, I wanted it to be that John Amita Jr. was doing part of this, and then somebody else was doing this part. And But the beauty of this issue was each Kang had to go fight one version of the Fantastic Four in one time, and while they were there, procure. A special de- device that had been split into fours that then they would reassemble and that would be the ultimate prize. And they were all into this concept just because they felt like this is the ultimate win. And I'm like, wait a minute. Come on. Like, what is this thing going to do for you? It, nothing about this does anything for anybody, near as anyone can tell. But it's like that G.I. Joe, uh, you know, where it's like, oh, the weather dominator. It's splitting all these different pieces. Right. And you guys have to go all over the world and get these things. Uh, So it's got that classic, like, treasure hunt quality. And I think they even say that. But I felt like because each issue took place in a different time in Fantastic Four history, and each one was – presented with a cover that depicted that time period and like the font or the, the property logo and the style of covers and stuff, that was cool. But then the art was all the same throughout the whole thing, and I really wish that a different artist had contributed to each one of those. I, I just felt like that would have helped sell it a whole lot.
2: So, um, so what you're saying is that you wanted more diversity in regards to just the, the flashbacks – the flashbacks, yeah like, like, yeah, like if they had got like uh, Louise Simonson or something like that to
1: to, to oh, do. Oh man, yeah, like missed opportunity. Uh, it, just, it, it is a missed opportunity. I think it could be a much bigger, better, greater story. And I, and honestly, I don't see why this, this is a good cinematic feature film of a story. Every version of Kang instead of going back and doing like what we were saying earlier when we were we were talking about that, you know, we, you and I were talking on the phone before we got on the show tonight, and it was like, you know, I always felt like if they were going to do something awesome with Kang in the MCU that they could have him jumping around to all of these time periods we already experienced. But they just blew that concept, doing it already in Endgame. So, you know, uh, this is a better, this is a different way to do that, where it's like, We're going to go to very like key moments in ff history and i'm not saying you have to know your ff history to be able to keep up with this book but the idea that you could go to a rookie ff and defeat them and rip them off and then you could go to another place where they were emotionally messed up and you could defeat them because their emotions are out of whack and get this thing and rip it off and then like you could go to this other version and whatever. But then to find out, like, this trick ending. Like, I got to say, Minefield, if you haven't read this issue, this is really worth it, and I don't want to spoil it for you, especially (laughs) for the last several pages where all the great, great, like, get-backs or all the comeuppance is going down. But it's like... I just, like I say, it would have been killer. I know that, like, not every epic legendary ff artist or illustrator is still with us but to have had anybody who could try to best approximate that style for those time periods would be super cool and i know that that's uh not always something you can do and i've seen it done in a lot of anniversary issues in a much in even a much smaller way i know that like one of the One of the anniversary issues of Daredevil had old Daredevil contributors. It was like, this panel is this guy, and that panel is that guy, and this panel is this person after that person. Like, I'm trying to emulate that. I think they could have done that here. It would have been really, really neat. Go back to that, you know, three-color or whatever, like, color dot matrix. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Like, pointillism, Mm -hmm. coloring, and stuff like that. Or whatever, I don't know that that kind of stuff really works. uh Either way, it was still a kick-ass story, and I'm really glad you brought it up. And I can't understand how I didn't pick that. Like I have this issue, and I just read the. There were ancillary there were, like you Indian were stuff.
2: super busy when this came
1: out. <clears throat> that was probably the case. That's just oh, I, I think it was a couple of months ago when I was doing that sex pistol show.
2: I tried to do this and I didn't do it justice, and I was so stoked that you want to do more Kang. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to.
1: I definitely want to. I, I want to read all of the Kang appearances and, and try to be totally up on it. But, uh, you know, my. my So, you know. We need, we need, what I'm we need I, a. I can't, I can't do Star Trek and Star Wars every week, guys. <laughs> we need a month of a,
2: the gamma variant of COVID so we can get hold up and do cool on Kang like we did. A,
1: what are they calling it? The double delta now or whatever?
2: Yeah, we. Remember how. Like we s- we spent three <coughs> weeks preparing for our Adam Warlock issue. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: That was a solid three weeks of like ridiculous that was a reading. reading to get the Adam Warlock one down. And even the then. Contemporary like, stuff. Oh yeah, man. Like uh mm-hmm. Tony, mm-hmm. like what we did to like figure out Adam Kang am um, not Adam Kang, Adam Warlock. Adam, uh, Adam, <laughs> <laughs> Adam Warlock uh before I'm I'm really happy with the cast for for adam warlock um he's got yeah i like that guy he's got the eyebrows um he's got the the definitive like chin like uh the preparation for full dive into adam warlock was holy shit like
1: hundreds of issues of reading off off of the uh off the uh marvel app and we did Marvel app, and turned out I had a couple of the Marvel Masterworks, so I did a did a little page turning.
2: Yeah, you did a shitload of page turning, and like. <laughs> and this was just like a brief little uh, skim the uh, the surface of what Kang is, and we'll, we'll get to that more because we're going to give you more installments because there's a shitload to do more about Kang. Uh,
1: the guy I mean, I, to- honestly, it's going to be a big big deal in the MCU. So it's one of those things where. Hopefully, we can primer everybody going into it.
2: I like the fact that they're challenging people to figure out. Like, Thanos was an easy cash grab. It was like, what, 12 years? And. um, It took a while. Yeah, it took a while. And now we got him, and, you know, it it happened, and it was great. Um, What do you think, Tony? Not.
3: Yeah. Not freaking. Like that, like you said, Thanos was easy, but on the other hand it was like you said, it was over a decade of build for that moment. Like it was like they
1: didn't spend that much
3: time, you know? Yeah. It was twenty plus movies, just one little nugget here, one little nugget there, you know. You see you see him on the throne after the uh first Avengers and you turn around and next thing you know he's got the infinity gauntlet and then he's you know, he's got X amount of stones. You know, and we had the whole thing with Gamora being his daughter. You know, it's just these these key little elements that built to it. You know, and I think we're kind of, we'll see since, you know, since it ended. We'll see where they do to build to the next uh, the next big bad. You know, it, sh- it shouldn't theory be Kang, one would think. But uh, let's see where they uh, where they end up going with it over the next few years.
1: As long as it's fun.
3: Yeah, I think I'm much
1: I'm much more excited about there about, you know, what can you all do with uh with not building up towards a giant bad guy, you know? It just I think the Ultron thing I I gotta, I mean, I like that movie. Uh it has lasting, lasting consequences. I don't think anybody goes back and, like, really thinks about that movie as much as they should. Uh, but, um, you know what I mean? Because it's interesting how much it foretells about where they were going with everything. I don't know that they necessarily need to build into anything that serious. But you do have to do something that's absolutely world-crushing, uh, every couple of years I think but you can have these fanciful movies like we still you know I still need Thor movies I just honestly I don't need them to be silly but I don't think I'm going to get my wish on that one <sighs> Kang progress Kang. Kang good stuff big character
2: I don't have a ridiculous transition <laughs> Into uh, what? What's next? What are we doing next? Well, I want to uh, touch on Venom number one. Uh, Brock's right, kid. more Venom. Brock's kid is now in charge of the symbiote. Brock is actually mm-hmm. uh, on Earth and off Earth. He sees the new king in black. He is doing his best to try to uh, make the symbiotes less evil-looking, considering of how much what happened in the past two years of them destroying world after world. Imagine uh, doing a PR uh, junket, trying to make uh, <laughs> Phoenix like, "Hey, she didn't mean it; wasn't really in her charge." Um, after world after world was destroyed, and we get a new character that is past Kang. Actually, they specifically mention that um, of someone that is threatening Brock from the future to now. And we have a secondary Brock, we don't know who the hell this guy is, and uh, trying to save the boy, Dylan. Um, the flashes into the future were amazing. It, I, I didn't feel it was too convoluted. You know how I am about time travel. Uh, it's definitely worth a read. Uh, it's got serious potential. That's, that's the most I can say about it. Like We, we do a lot of spoilers, when we dissect good stories, but then I, I'll bring in something, and we all do it from time to time, about like some foreshadowing of something might be good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, I, what the hell is happening in Suicide Squad?
3: Uh, everything's <laughs> exploding. <laughs> Everything is blowing up. No, Um, no. Right now, they're trying to build up their team. Uh, Amanda Waller's trying to build up their team, while at the same time trying to get to it before Rick Flag, because Rick Flag has escaped and never fails from Bell Reeve, and has is forming his own suicide squad. So she is sending the team after they got out of hell and retrieved Calibra as well as uh, the, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what they called it. They Suicide squad of their own version of members that had died that were in hell and freaking, I can't remember what the heck they were called though. But um, yeah, they're sending the team off to find yet another new member. While at the same time we see that um, Rick flag has recruited Cheetah uh, Zod or Lorzod, and a, a Parademon, and they are a Parademon, right? Yeah, so they're, and they are in the Atlantic Ocean, and they are recruiting the fisherman, who is a character I'm personally unfamiliar with. I would obviously assume it's an Aquaman villain, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know for sure. But yeah, it looks like Waller has locked this, uh, this fisherman in an underwater uh, prison, but uh, he is more than willing to help out if it means he can get a, get a bite of Amanda Waller. So while we're doing that, um, we actually, the team is leaving earth. So they're going to another parallel earth to find somebody, but we don't know who it is. And they have brought uh, Kalibra back and she is now basically a zombie. And she doesn't quite know how to handle it.
2: it's it's, It's
3: not even the fact that she's dead. It's not even, you know, she's okay with that. But she's sitting here talking to Talon and she's like, you know, when I died, my soul went to hell. And she's just like, she. at the end of the day, she couldn't come to terms with the fact that she was bad and went to hell. And Talon's just Talon, for the first time, has shown somebody, because he just says, uh, you're not really bad, Calibra, the same way I'm not really crazy. And she freaks out. She's like, I
0: knew it. I knew it the
3: whole time. And he's like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> just... He's just like, just keep your voice down and listen. You know, when we get back from this mission, we're going to need your help. And she's just like, we who? And we find out that not only is Talon working for Rick Flagg, but uh, Dr. Rodriguez, who has been working, basically uh, Ben Waller's second-in-command is also working with Colonel Flagg.
2: Waller knows. Waller knows. There's of course, no Waller way. knows. She
3: always knows. She always knows. She's the wall. You know, that is that is literally what she does. She expects this.
2: She knows.
3: Yeah. So they end up on Oa, of all places. Mm. Okay. And they end up running into um, the one of the newest Green Lanterns. I'm actually not familiar with what her name is at the moment. Let me see I can find it here real quick Let me see.
1: well see you know that's what I thought we gotta say I really appreciate like when they do something with with that I, I, I don't, I'm I'm sorry I I digress honestly it's just how's, one fine. of these things where I'm like people are always like oh yeah you know how do you not know who that is or how do you not know what that is or, what that is, or whatever and I'm like because I don't know, like that radio, the radio station doesn't play that music here or something like that. How do you not know? Whatever. And I'm like, if they were that big of a deal, then mm-hmm. wouldn't I know who they are? Wouldn't right. that penetrate beyond country music or whatever? Exactly. Wouldn't I, like the, the W, the, the the WB or whatever the channel is or something. Like DC, in like in all of its years, OWA. Like as a comic book guy, I know what OWA is. I think a lot of people probably know what Oa is. Like, going back, in a, it's not something that happens every week, you know, or every month, but we should, we can all know it. Odd odd, odd thing that just you know, popped into
2: the No, I'm glad you did, man, especially because, like, while he's fishing out the, the story, Oa is almost all but destroyed because the main uh, Green Lantern power battery has been destroyed since uh, issue two from uh, about eight months ago. How do you uh, how do you get that energy back? Is that something? I don't know. I just recently yeah. read the, the latest oh. one and didn't explain any of that, but that's okay.
3: <laughs> Somebody. But yeah, we got this. Uh, we got this newer Green Lantern. Um, I don't, you know, I don't read Green Lantern, so hence my unfamiliarity. But uh, Ambush Bug and Major Force, who is joined the team for this particular mission, end up teleporting away and finding Yurik, who's another character I have absolutely no idea about but his his head is a disconnected uh, bird skull. Oh that's weird. Yeah, so I'm completely unfamiliar with this character but he's in a um you know in a deep sea diving suit. And working on a computer when they grab him, but apparently he is who they are after. So as the rest of the squad fights this member of the Green Lantern Corps and a gigantic octopus, they grab and they grab and snatch Yurik. And as they get back to their ship, they you know they think everything's good to go, and we find out the Yurik's making modifications for the ship. And Caliber's like, "What for?" And he just responds, "For the coming danger." And Major Force's eyes just getting large, and he's like, "You gotta be shitting me!" And we see several members of the uh, of Hawkman's race with firearms shooting at the ship, and it the, the entire ship blows up as the uh, issue comes to an end.
1: Hmm. What kind of firearms do they have? Is it anything that's remotely contemporary? Are they doing like
3: laser beams or something? Uh, it's pretty, they're they're laser beams, but they're just kind of they're just handheld guns. I like guess nothing like like over the top like handguns yeah.
1: or carbines or something.
3: Yeah. Uh, they're good size. I'd say like an AK fifteen probably. But like nothing. AK fifteen.
1: AK
3: forty seven. Very good. Very good. AK thirty two point eight five seven
1: three
3: eight nine two. I don't know. <laughs> okay, copy that. But like, like a pretty a pretty decent sized gun, but it's it's handheld. It's not like a cannon on a ship or anything of that nature, like a torpedo. Yeah. I wonder, like, like, are they
1: guns. ever? I don't. I mean, obviously, I know. I don't know if you're reading Hawkman or anything like that. I, just, I suddenly wondered if anybody's ever being consistent about anything like that. You can't get Rocket Raccoon to have the same weapon in every issue. It seems like, but whatever. Not at all. Yeah. Uh,
2: we got Hellions, action packed. Hellions. Orphan Maker goes off on a complete fucking. <laughs> Nanny, who has her ex-husband appears in the scene, steals the uh, baby that she absconded with in the first place, uh, mutant baby. Orphan Maker, feeling rejected, decides he's going to do something about it. I'm not sure what was the the best part about this. Was it the political intrigue with Emma uh, already figuring out how to spin doctor this shit and fix it uh, because they're about to... Not be able to stop mutant invading any part of Arizona, destroying a laboratory because they know it's going to be bad, or uh, the fact that Orphan Maker killed a bunch of fucking cops at the end. This 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 issue was is all murders.
3: No, yeah, it's, all murders. it's definitely all murders. But like on the other hand, though, there's there's so much more than that to it. You know, like the team is, you know. <laughs> the t- The team basically ended last issue, you know havoc feels horrible about killing the last remnants of Psylocke's daughter you uh, know and you know then we turn around and gray Crow feels horrible because you know he couldn't stop it and he cares for Psylocke. and they're all they're all trying to be like you know hey we're gonna go we're gonna go help get orphan maker back before he does something stupid and freaking. Then Empath's like, "Come on, let's go!" And right then and there, Gray Crow just pulls out a gun, puts it to his forehead, and he's like, "No."
2: You thought I was kidding? <laughs>
3: yeah. And you know, Empath's like, "You guys are, you guys are gonna need me." And Psylocke's like, "No, you're, you're not coming." And then she grabs, she grabs his wild child. is like, "Let's go." And we just see the, the last scene we see from this part, like Act One, basically, is just the anger in Empath's face and just in his eyes because he desperately wants to be part of this team. But at the end of the day, he's a complete and utter little shit and <laughs> frequently would rather, you know, he wants to be part of these. This is, these are his friends, even though he does not have any idea how to make friends because his mutant power, he can just make you do whatever he wants to do. He controls your emotions. But at the end of the day, freaking if he doesn't get his way, he lashes out. But yeah, we end up going into to Arizona, and Orphan Maker just kicks the door down and just obliterates everybody. Like, just leaves everyone. Not one man left. You know, and this is an organization known as The Right, which is obviously anti-mutant. You know, he's already in the building when uh, when the Hellions show up and uh, everybody's all these. uh, They're uh, the souls of the righteous. These this group of face painted jackasses with their big guns come (laughs) out here ready to kill everybody. And Havoc just blows them all away.
2: He was hoping for it. He needed to get that. He needed he needed some steam blown off
3: yeah well that's the thing is you just see you see the Hellions just work together and you know better than they have previously because you know at the end of the day these these group of you know mutants are basically all they have like they have nobody like Psylocke you know Havoc's you know Psylocke lost her daughter Havoc is estranged from his family basically at this point you know he's he's one mistake away from being put in the hole You know, Gray Crow is you know somebody who was a huge part of the mutant massacre. You know, Wild Child can you know is barely you know has any semblance of humanity left in him. And Nanny has never been somebody who has really been embraced by the mutant culture. So like they they have nobody left. They are their their family you know, by proxy, by de- via default, basically. Cause they've got none no of these people have anybody left, you know, and one of their own is trapped in you know, in this building about to screw up and they just desperately want to make sure that they don't screw up. Freaking. But, uh, yeah, we see the, um, nanny's ex-husband or current husband. We don't really know one where the other with this mutant baby who, uh, who Peter Orphan Maker is, you know, basically constituted as his little brother. And he's just, he's just over here killing everybody talking about how, you know, I have feelings. I'm not a mess. I'm not screwed up. I'm going to, you know, I got this, you know, and he ends up getting the baby back and nanny runs in after him. And he's like, you know, nanny, I'm a good boy. Look what I did. I, I got him back and she's nanny rejects him again in oh, honor so uh, Yeah, in favor of this baby mutant. Or so what they think. And the baby keeps saying, Mew, Mew. And Nanny's like, That's right, it's, you know, it's your Mew, Mew. And then the baby keeps talking. And it's Mew, Mew. Mutant.
2: told me.: And then as, out, as oh, okay, the baby's
3: eyes sense. light up, he says, Mutant scum. And this light comes out of his mouth and murders, murders Nanny. Like, she is cooked inside her shell.
2: Enough that I'm not to And her, her husband laughs. Oh, the, the laugh on his face, man. That was so good.
0: Right.
3: He loses it. He's just laughing, talking about how uh, I told that woman the mutant babies would be the death of her. Ha ha ha! And without saying a word, Orphan Maker turns around and turns his neck 180 degrees. Nervy. And then murders everybody else in the room. You know, and then comes out with uh, two guns blazing. Shooting, shooting everybody in the facility until he's pulled over by he's pulled and he's stopped it by two cops. You know, you're you're engaging the cops just like you're engaging in illegal activities on federal grounds, you know, put the gun down and then they look at him, they're like don't and he points a gun right at him and the cops are like, don't and as the Hellions are finishing up and they find Nanny's charred corpse, they hear gunshots and run outside and it's just peter on the ground on his knees with the two dead cops and all he could say is i couldn't stop
2: we got some work to do guys it's one of those things you can't just uh, cover up a mutant killing a bunch of humans when everything's already like brink of collapse in relations yeah. mm. Mm.
3: Ah, oh, definitely one of my favorite issues yeah. this week. Action yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's insanely freaking. You see, this is a, you know this is a big deal because it's it's showing the frustrations of everybody. Like none of these none of these guys are okay. No, like not a not a single member of this team is all right. Everybody's got their issues. Everyone's got their baggage. No, I and mean, you're just and somebody had to snap and. Unfortunately, it was Peter, who's, you know, the most childlike of the bunch. Like, at the end of the day, he just wants to be loved. And freaking, it wasn't given to him, and he lashed out. In, quite frankly, the worst, worst way.
2: Poor little bastard. Got rejected. Yeah. I can't think of anything else other than just how awesome it was as, like, a even 80s style murders like it was an action-packed issue and it was easy to read but beautiful to look at and take your time
1: colin give us the moon can mm-hmm. get and send us home all right this is gonna be a little interesting because uh i gotta say you know like the moon knight book has been very very cool uh Moon Knight is a character... You guys said there was a trailer for a Moon Knight show, or is it a movie show? It's a show. It's a show? Well, that'll be fascinating. Okay, cool. As long as it's got a better slow build than... Uh, as long as it's got a better build and pacing than the Iron Fist show. I was interested in Iron Fist, and then it just stopped being interesting. So I was like, this is taking too long. Um, Moon Knight probably won't... They won't You know, waste any time. Um there was an there was a storytelling device going on in this one where you'd have one page talking about like what was happening right at this moment and another page it was talking about what was happening earlier in the day uh obviously Mark Specter Moon Knight has mental problems that's part of his thing he has a dissociative identity disorder
2: right and
1: so he has, in the past, had multiple personalities, and they were different aspects of his psyche, and that was kind of awesome. That was the epic uh, Bendis and Malieve Moon Knight run. They haven't done anything with this yet, but they did reference it in this. <clears throat> and I thought that was awesome, because anything that pays it pays appropriate attention... To other people's work that's good, I think is worth bringing up. Right. So, like I say, we're going one page and then the other page, and it's like so. We instead of this business lately, where somebody like I complain that somebody's telling something over the course of what you're reading, it's hard to keep up with both. Um, this is a whole page of one thing and a whole page of the other thing. So basically, he's in his therapy and he's talking to his therapist and. She's bringing up stuff. She she goes. She's like you know trying to get him to answer questions, and he's really glib and not into it. And then she's like, "You hey, look, you're, you're you're deflecting from everything." And uh, the real question is, "Are you happy?" Ooh. And his his whole point then is ultimately he makes a whole point. I don't get to be happy, and I don't need to be happy. Okay. Uh, and to make that point, he starts out with. Uh, Doctor, aren't you Jewish? I was Jewish. Our God tells us. And honestly, it was also kind of weird because in one place they blanked out some very specific. I'll have to find that page. They blanked out some very particular comments he was making. Uh, Yeah, I think that they were because I think that they were very. Maybe they were too specific. He wasn't he wasn't using blasphemy or anything. Uh, I have to find it. But um, it was just odd that they did that, because I feel like that was a sudden, strange, corporate-level concern. Uh it just kind of happened out of nowhere. But whatever. Um, he uh, he goes in, he says, like, look, my God, you know, we, I grew up Jewish. My father was not a violent person. I always was, even when I was a kid. And I was... I was dangerous, but my dad would never lift a hand against anything. And then you think about the entire history of everything that's happened to our people, yours, mine, our families, and what we had to go through to find a center, like a place in this world, and that my dad, no matter what, would never give up his faith. And all of these amazing Hebrew people— would after everything we've been through never give up their faith but me as soon as I was injured in the desert I, get, I was offered an opportunity from a God that was actually talking to me right. as opposed to the God of our people the Jews who never speaks to us at all and after all that of all, all the things that our people have been through I gave up on The God I was born into because this God was speaking to me and I am uh, for lack of a better term his deputy I am his avatar on this earth I do what he needs and what he wants even and so all I do is make bad decisions I fight the Avengers when my God calls on me to do so and even though they mop the floor with me like that was just something that happened recently you know the Conchu storyline in Avengers that was this year and uh, all of the other stupid stuff that I've done and all the ways that my, my child and my wife have run to another continent from me because I terrify them. Like every bad decision I've ever made, I'm living with them. That's who I am. And that's what I do. So where would I get off being happy? So all of that's happening concurrently, this, this self-discovery Because later that day, he's gone into the office. He's gone into the mission, rather. And this kid, Terry, that is one of the people he rescued off the street, shows up and says, Hey, I've been following Soldier around, one of the other characters in the story recently. And, uh, you know, I know that he lives with his mom, so I wondered why he was going into this other place. He went in there, and uh, I've never seen him come out again. We got to go rescue him, and they get in there. So you know, Moon Knight and Terry go into this place, and they find all of this surveillance equipment aimed at the mission. And they're and then they find a photo. Soldier has all these tats in this fo- so, photo, and he's flanked with two guys, and it's all thumbs up and happiness. And they're Hydra guys, and he's got Hydra tattoos all over him. And they're like. Okay, so this guy that's been messing with you, this guy that's been coming after you for a few issues or a couple of weeks or whatever, um, this guy that says he's going to get you, uh, it's got to be Soldier, right? And so they're like, okay, we're going to figure this out. So (laughs) Moon Knight goes to Soldier's mom and has a conversation (laughs) with her. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, that's going to track... Like, he thinks that's a clue. Like, he's going to find some clue. But oddly enough, that's a dead end. It doesn't do anything. He gets a detection alert on his phone, uh, his smashed iPhone. But thought that was funny. Usually when we have a hero in one of our stories they have like an intact phone it was kind of freaking rad that moon knight's phone has a smash screen like why wouldn't it like everybody's phone should be smashed in the marvel universe it was just kind of i was like that's a good that's a good uh detail way to go guys but he detects where soldier is and when he gets there soldier is beat up And he's chained to a radiator, (laughs) and all he can do is say, "He's like, you got to get out of here. It's a trap. I'm bait." This, and then there's a radio there, and the person on, and this is not like high tech. This isn't even like, like we've seen Jessica Jones alias stories where there was higher tech than this. This is a random like Cobra name brand walkie-talkie you could get at Academy right now, and. The voice on the other end is like, hey, I tricked you into coming here. Soldier's not the bad guy. Uh, That chain is hardened. No matter what power you have, you're not going to be able to get it. There's epoxy in the lock. You're not going to be able to pick it. But the cool thing was that Moon Knight falls back on his technology, and he says, this is a technology from when I was wealthier, and I still have it, (laughs) Like, even though I don't have squat going on for me right now and he's and he starts it starts burning into the metal and the guys just like and soldiers like you got to get out of here you got to get out of here and he's like no i just went and sat with your mom and told her i was going to figure things out and i'm not going to bring i'm not going to go back tonight and knock on the door and tell her that you died and i'm like man this i just like something about this issue there were so many little elements that just fed into one another and that was like yeah you know none of it is revelatory to Mark Spector, but ultimately it's all of these decisions. This whole issue is about decisions. That was the theme. And I think that's what really got me in the end. He's, I'm making bad decisions, but even if we bo- even if I die tonight trying to rescue you, it'll have been the right decision. I was like, that's freaking gold. That's exactly what it needs to be. So while the bomb goes off, he gets he manages to get the soldier out, but then it reveals who it is, and it's Terry. And I'm like, of course. you're not, you know, I kept thinking the entire time, this has got to be a guy that, this has got to be a distraction. We got Soldier, so, yeah, it's a trick. Maybe Soldier gets killed. Maybe Mark Specter gets killed. But what I'm really doing is I'm going to go after your vampire uh, assistant back at the thing while, you know, she's, she's vulnerable because I know you're here. Kind of like what was going on with the Joker in The Dark Knight, like with Rachel and with Harvey Dent and stuff like that. But it wasn't like you've got to pick one, you know. That's not the Green Goblin or anything. Uh, But uh, Terry reveals himself to be a character he's decided to call himself Zodiac, which I think Zodiac pertains to Scorpio. Uh, which is one of the characters we got to pay attention to. Like, it's, it's a bit to go back and investigate it, but uh, maybe the son of Nick Fury? Uh, or because there's the Scorpio key. It's a whole wacky thing that's in the uh, earlier S.H.I.E.L.D. books. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a little complicated. I, I, I have to go back and read two or three issues or some serious Wikipedia or something like that to figure that one out. But that's kinda how that one goes. I mean the bad guys finally revealed himself. It's issue number five. Issue number six should be a pretty good beatdown. And hopefully like what uh you know, but like Spect like Moon Knight is kinda defeated right now. He just got more or less blown up. So it's a question of like can he fend this off? But ultimately, you know, I figure he's gonna have some trick up his sleeve. Or maybe some of the people that he's helped lately are going to show up and help him out. And that'll be a big switch because ultimately this guy has been behind some schemes to try to mess up uh, moon Knight's concept for street level justice. And honestly, if a bunch of people show up and they're like, we're going to help him because he's been helping us. That's the best thing that I think could happen. But you know, that's speculation. I didn't phone up the uh, creative team and ask them what was up, but that's what that is right now. That's a good book. We should take bets on when they fuck this up. Um, I think it'll be after a new writing team. You know, you got six Obviously. issues. Obviously, I bet, that's what yeah, always happens. everybody always. It just, it's just a, such a high probability thing. If if we get twelve good issues out of this, and they stop, that will be awesome. But like, authentically. This so far is turning into something that can really have some traction. And it's not because it's the freak of the week, like the freak of the six issues type of thing. Uh, it's it's the idea that I'm more compelled by the therapy sessions, Mark switching back and forth between being Mark Specter Moon Knight at all times and being Moon Knight by night. And then these other side characters, you know like what are their personalities how do they develop what can he do with a with a crew of people who are not powered that can get out and do stuff that he can't do especially if he's not willing to take the mask off anymore so it's very different and that's what i think marvel needs pull your guts out set them on the table and tell everybody you can do something different That's where I am. That's my frustration with Marvel lately. And this this is one of the books that's proving proving that, that they can still do good stuff.
2: Or that it's just not that much fun right now.
1: What's not that much fun right now? Marvel. Oh yeah. I mean Marvel's Marvel's being a little bit uh they're I think I think unfortunately they're dictated by what they think everybody wants more than um challenging storytelling, you know, but I will say, you know, I, I, uh, for not having read it, all the X X books that you guys have been covering for months, they seem fascinating. It's just a hard sell for me to be like, okay, I'm going to pick up a bunch of X stuff when I haven't read it in a long time. And I just wish there was one good X book to be following instead of what, what are there? Four books. Oh, no. There's like way more than four. There's, there's like eight or nine. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. And what you're saying is, like, you have to be, you have to put every, you have to look at, you have to treat them like uh, like, an, like ingredients. You can't mm-hmm. make the pizza without all of these different ingredients. Trial and M- I'm like, X-Men,
2: uh, Magido, X-Force, X-Factor, Sword, mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine,. um, Hellions, Marauders, New Mutants are at 9.
3: X-Corp, I think.
2: X-Corp, that's 10.
3: Oh, my God. Like, that's... Did you put Excalibur? That and
1: Spider-Man yes. Man books are, like, the bulk of the whole uh, franchise, you know? It's just so much. Anyway, well, boys, what say you? Which, what, what, what... Uh, what are you guys most looking forward to in the coming week?
2: I'm looking to forward more to uh throat
3: punching Texans.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a show. He's, he's, punching
3: punch, punch punch Texans. You got
2: you got to win that one, man.
3: <laughs> throat throat punching Texans and Luke
2: And waiting two hours for our food at Whataburger.
3: <laughs> no, no, you you, yeah. you, don't, you don't go for the Whataburger. We go for the freaking. uh
2: the
3: people <sighs> watching Jesus Christ man <laughs> no no freaking no no we go for freaking uh, Bahama Bucks Oof. gotta get gotta get bucked gotta get our buck on <laughs> yes sir have you ever had Bahama Bucks Colin
1: uh are you talk wait what Bucks are you talking about Bahama talking about- Bucks it's uh Bahama Bucks the best shaved ice cone. you ever had in your life in snow your fucking placed. life I've never even heard of that. The oh. last time I had a snow cone, I, I hardly ever get snow cones. I got one this year with my girlfriend when it was hot from, uh, I don't even know what it was called. Place right over here by me, though. It was
3: delightful. I'm telling you, man, best best shaved ice in the world, Bahama Bucks. Bahama Bucks. I Dude, thought
1: you were making a Young Bucks no, reference. And I was no, like, no, 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 no.
3: I, I enjoy this.
2: I'm bald even <laughs> taking photos. And next thing you to know, top of my shoulder I get handed The most delightful treat I've ever been given In my life <laughs> Like, I, like he, he asked me What I wanted And I was like I don't know Something fruity And he's like Of course it is And Uh <laughs> from, okay. from you Fruity is <laughs> Yeah no, Hand in hand No that was a nice Like Like we The treat was so good You have to sit down Like it, it'll just Make your, your Knees buckle man That good <laughs> Don't awesome. forget, we also got New Era Show tickets on sale at Eventbrite on uh, December 4th.
3: December 4th. December 4th. Uh, main event at Ken Cage, freaking defending the New Era Heavyweight Championship against the mighty Junsu. Love that
2: mm-hmm. Junsu. Uh, tomorrow is my fro Today, Technically, today is my Friday. I uh, bought my tickets to go see Ghostbusters, and I got a. I, can I get off work a little
3: early? Oh, this
1: yeah. Ghostbusters.
3: Ghosty Ghostbusters. Nice. Uh,
1: yeah. What do you think's going to happen with that?
2: I think that... Um, I think Paul Red's character... It'll be the dawning of a new era. Yeah. I think that... It'll
3: be the dawning of a new era in Ghost Ghostbusting. I read a, I hope so.
2: I read his theory and I gotta be ashamed that I've been buying into some clickbait, but that uh, Paul Rudd's character is a direct descendant of Ivor Shandor, brought to this town in Oklahoma for the specific reasons gonna be the new vessel of uh, of Ivor, as well as that the whole town is a um, the migrated cult of Gozer ending up in Oklahoma.
1: That totally makes sense given the uh Shandor mine yeah. sign in one of the trailers. You you know, know?
2: The international trailer has a silhouetted Eon running running from one of the uh, terror dogs uh through his fields in in the truck and then capturing one of them and I think that uh dummy opens up the uh releases the key master. <laughs> I th- yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh but it doesn't look stupid. I I I, I love the uh, idea of how it was started that, um, by the way, the, the, uh, artist and director writer is, um, um, Ivan Reitman's kid, uh, Jason Reitman, who Jason Reitman, uh, yeah, who did Juno and he's also the kid in Ghostbusters too. That's like, I think you guys are full of crap. My dad's oh, full of crap yeah. and <laughs> that's why you went out of business. <laughs> that's that kid. Uh, I love the fact that yeah, he is totally. returned. He was also in Kindergarten Cop. He was the uh, kid that was making out with that girl uh, when the the school's getting shot up with uh, when Chris shows up and he's like, "Don't you know? Th- <laughs> don't you know that there's a fire? Get out of here!" Don't
1: you know there's a fire? <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. I was, uh, was watching a, a clip of old Jimmy Kimmel, or no, it was uh, not Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, what's the other asshole? You know those shows that don't matter no more. Um, Joe Rogan. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan
1: yeah, yeah, Bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah. give me
2: Fallon Fallon yeah they were interviewing uh, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and they were talking about it came from a dream he had he saw a little girl in a field with a proton pack and realized that was Spangler's kid or grandchild and I, I love how genuine that is
1: I do. I I think that that girl, I'm looking forward to seeing her as a character. I don't know anything about that actress. There there's just something about about that kid, the way she's playing her character. I'm interested in seeing her progression across the story and uh Honestly, I hope you're not saying that you think that uh Paul Rudd's going to end up being a bad guy.
2: No, but, I, don't, uh, I don't think he's gonna be a bad guy. I think that he's gonna just. I think he's a tool, or, or, or uh, not oh, Ant Man's turning evil. I'm telling you that, that right now. I'm calling it right
3: mm-hmm. now. Ant Man's evil is? as hell.
2: Ant Man evil as hell. Well, he did beat up old Janet back in the day.
3: Yeah, that was the other one though.
2: That's... That
1: was Michael Douglas.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whose
1: turn yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it's Tommy's. It's Tommy's turn. It's Tony's
3: turn. No, I think that I'm done for the night. That was that was it. No, 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 no. How do you you send gotta us get us off. out of the show? Oh, uh, I to send us off. Oh, my bad. My bad. All right.
0: Um.
3: <coughs> <coughs>
1: All right. No. Is somebody starting their outboard motor on their boat?
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that too. All right. This is dangerous. This is minefields. This transmission is over. By the shirts.
2: Over. By the shirts. By the shirt.